If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like not happening. <laughs> so. We are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. If you enjoy the Flatbed Podcast, here's what I would ask: please go rate and review. It's actually a tremendous help in doing what we do. This episode, to me, is exactly why podcasts exist. Um, I've been just such a fan of what Derek and Coulter have done this year. I thoroughly enjoyed the one-word answers on TV when they interview them after the wins, all of it. But people, I, I mean, there's a whole generation of people coming up that may not even remember that Coulter Todd was one of the most exciting headers in the PRCA. Like, his last year rodeoing, he won no less than third or fourth from the fourth round on heading at the national finals in 2008 and did not buy his card in 2009 when i tell you just disappeared fell completely off the face of the earth as far as the rodeo and the spotlight um went home and that was it and it was i mean that that to me that i remember those days i remember that and just like i cannot believe a guy in that position could hang it up and then 15 years go by I mean, it wasn't like he kind of thought about let, hanging it up. Like 15 years, he was just gone from the spotlight and then comes back and makes the national finals healing. And, man, just just an incredible guy, incredible story. Um, I'm going to try to get some promo clips. I'm going to call Caesar and get some get some videos of him heading when we put the promo clip out so you get to see him on there. But um, just, just a great great podcast obviously the one word answers all summer and then i'm like man what would a podcast look like you know how would it go i'm gonna tell you right now spoiler alert he did amazing great podcast i'm so grateful they came in that he came in just just man everything a podcast should be i'm so excited for you guys to get to hear it it is a new day at the flatbed podcast let me tell you what i'm doing tell you how it affects you we are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the on the podcast instead of being stiff or formal. Um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio. Uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like, go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, And I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but... Uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. 
I know we made a trip to Texas. So um, we're adding the subscription site. But the truth is, honestly, even if it was doing nothing but funding my rock star recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcasts without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The Flatbed Podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality, it's brought to you by other people. In the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast, there are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. So part of what I do um, with the podcast is I answer a lot of social media questions or text messages from people asking questions about the products that we stand behind or that stand behind us. Um, I don't know what I can say about equinity that hasn't already been said, um, but one of the questions I get is like, okay, all right, but like for real, but actually, you know, what, what, what's it actually do? And here's, here's my answer. It is the thing that you pour into your overall program with what you're feeding, the exercise, the worming, the things that you're already doing. And equinity is the thing that goes in and fills the cracks using a natural program that the horse is already equipped with. The pituitary gland is sort of like the gauge system or the gauge program within the horse's body that tells it when it needs what it needs. And this goes in and benefits that. Better better joint health, uh, amino acid in the muscles, things like that. You get a calmer horse that's more willing to go to work. Um, you can check them out at teamequinity.com, teamequinity.com. And like I said, we spend all this time and all this effort on our horse and equinity is the thing at an affordable price point, by the way, that you can put through your horse's system that fills in all the cracks and you end up with a better, well-rounded animal to go do what you need to do. So check them out, teamequinity.com. Okay, I ran into Culture Todd at Ellensburg this year and I said, I don't know you well enough to, to ask for a favor, but... I am so sick and tired of the hundreds of messages I get every single week. Be like, get culture, get culture, get culture. So would you please come do the podcast? So this, this is the beginning of the first favor I've ever asked from culture. I'm going to try to make it the last, but thank you for jumping on. <laughs> You're welcome. So I don't mean to brag. I mean, it's been a little bit of a comeback tour, I would say, for maybe both of us. I got tricked into entering an open rodeo last night in Camp Verde. So I would say the two of us. Between the two of us, uh, we're in contention maybe for comeback story of the year. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about me. You maybe? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. 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 Uh, didn't complete the course on either. Got them both caught. Didn't work out. I would say yours is having way more success this year. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. It's been something. So, I've got a million questions, and I want to get to this year. But before we get to this year, I want to go back because I. When people hear that you're, it's like a comeback, that means that we knew who you were years ago. And I think a lot of people have forgotten. And I know you would never say this, but I'm going to. I think of somebody like Tanner Tomlinson right now. He's coming up. He's super talented. Wins average at the finals last year. It would be as though Tanner Tomlinson said, I'm going to go disappear. You're never going to hear from me again for what, 15, how many years? 15 years? Yes, sir. 
And then all of a sudden Tanner Thomas, and I'm using Tanner as an example, but right. all of a sudden Tanner comes back and makes the finals healing. And so for those of us who remember who you were as a header, this year has just been unbelievable. But to add to that, you go back 15 years, we didn't have the social media. You know, we didn't have the phones that we have now. Nobody was able to really follow someone's story or look back. But where did the zero, zero to the PRCA, what was life like starting out? Like starting out. You, where did you, where'd you grow up? I grew up, born and raised Wilcox, Arizona, where I'm at now, where I've, my one boy, my youngest boy was born there. And then the, the other two were born when I was rodeoing, but where they're getting to be raised, which is awesome. Uh, that's where I grew up on a ranch. Not a great place to rodeo out of. Uh, no, sir. Well, I got more cell phone service now, which is frustrating, but <laughs> it uh, would no, you know, just hit out where you just worked and rope for fun. Loved cowboying. My grandpa's there. I think he's 80, let's just say 87. He could be 86. He could be 88, somewhere <laughs> in that area. And then my dad's there, and he's probably close to 70. And then me, and then my my boys, it's just... Well, of course, the question is, you don't know how old your grandpa is exactly. You don't know how old your dad is exactly. Do you know how old you are exactly? <laughs> I'm 39. Almost <laughs> 40. Almost 40. Anyway, that's where I was, grew up. Uh, rodeoing was not something at first that I thought I'd do till I was maybe freshman. Freshman in high school, I started like getting good enough to where I started watching, studying it, trying to figure it out, and I healed. Um, it's really hard to tell my story because God's just set stuff up that I've never never really knew. I've never known anything. Just stuff would show up where I, you had to say yes or no, and both answers were going to make take total different trails, total different directions. Uh, in a sense, you get that burnout cowboy branch kid. I don't get to see nothing. I don't get to do nothing. I'm ready to leave. I knew I didn't want to go to college. Um, and so I was dating my wife at that time. And Real quick, I know people are going to ask and not to interrupt at all. People get after me about interrupting. I just, we skipped over something real quick. How does a ranch kid living on the dark side of the moon with no cell phone coverage, even meet a girl, much less talk her into dating someone who lives out there? Well, I don't know. High school rodeos, junior rodeos and high school rodeos is how I met her and got to know her. I mean, they were, that was something we did. Dad, my mom and dad did a good job of, I was kind of the only one. I had an older brother, have an older brother that didn't really rodeo. I loved rodeo, so, and my dad loves to rope. He just loves to rope. If you want to rope, my dad will rope. He just loves to rope. Doesn't even have to enter happy to rope. Just even if yep, it's at home. any at the, anywhere, anytime at home. So I mean, I had that, which was a huge blessing because I mean, if I was get the steers in and have them wrapped, he would rope. So they took me to the high school rodeos, junior rodeos. Kind of knew my new Carly Iron now Todd, um, kind of the same deal. She really didn't like me at all. Uh, I wore her down. 
<laughs> in high school. Tiger and, Anthem told me today it takes a skinny wolf to get the long hunt. See, <laughs> I fit the bill. Um, so it, it was getting towards the end of high school, like I knew I didn't want to go to college mainly because I didn't, I just wanted to work. I mean, I liked, I've always liked working, whether it's shoeing horses, training horses, roping, cowboying. Like I just liked all of that. So I didn't feel like at that moment that college was anything that I wanted to do. So I was actually in a kind of a a rough plan with no plan was I was just going to move her dad. Corky had shod horses when he was younger and had offered to, like I could live there. And then he said, there's enough horses around like we can we can get you money a job. Right. I mean, you can help somebody and then you'll work into a clientele. So that was kind of what I was thinking of, I was going to do. And then. I want to say it was maybe a week or two before the last high school rodeo, and I'm going to use that as my graduation day, as for graduating high school. I was homeschooled, and I'd already finished my schoolwork. Like, I was pretty much done. Uh, my dad had been working at Mel Potter's place in Marana with a lot of young horses, whether we were trimming feet, halter-breaking colts for them, and then I would go and help, and then we'd get some at the house. Anyway, so we, that's how the the— Mel Potter became part of somebody I knew and his daughter, Joe Lynn, really liked my dad. And my dad and her like spent a lot of time training horses and she'd picked it, loved it. Anyway, I guess they needed a guy to go to Wisconsin to take care of some yearlings. And so I'm saying between like Mel talking to her, her talking to my dad, asked me if that was something I was interested in. And I... It was like, all right, like in my mind, that was God. You ever been to Wisconsin? Oh, no. So I think about like the settlers that came over on boats. Right. And they've never been there. And they're like, here we go. Yeah. Let's just, the the, the thing that I knew was that there was horses and there was cattle. Good enough. Yep. So I said, sure. So he said, when? I I said, well, my last high school rodeo state finals was in, or no, I guess it wasn't even the state finals, just the last season one was a week or two or whatever it was. And he, when Mel Potter is going to do something like if he's going to, okay, I'll have a red eye Monday morning out of Phoenix. Perfect. You ever been, you ever been on a plane before? Oh, I think I had when I was younger, my grandma had sent a bunch of us cousins. We all got to go to California and she got us all plane tickets, family deal. We all yeah. went out there. So that was, yeah, but not really. Wasn't something you did a lot. No, like it wasn't, I wasn't comfortable. I mean, it wasn't like I knew my way around or was knew exactly what it was like anything you do for the first time, like you listen to the lady on the speaker. I mean, you watch, you, <laughs> everything was whatever, the news. So I want a real quick reference, not to interrupt. All these years later, you still, you still almost missed a flight this summer because you were looking at a paper ticket and <laughs> they had moved it and it was on a screen and Coulter Todd is looking at his paper ticket and almost, almost missed a flight because it was on a digital format. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that'd have been, we'd have been upset. I can talk about that later. Sorry, right. keep going. Um, so you get on, who were you roping with in high school? Tanner Reeser, neighbor. They had a neighbor ranch, a, a big ranch, and I day worked for them quite a bit. And uh, one of them deals, it worked out because then I could catch rides with them to high school rodeos, pretty much family, friends, since we were babies. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's who I roped, healed for in high school, and he was a great partner. He caught a lot of steers, so as a healer, 
a guy likes to just get to throw his rope for the most part. So the more you got to throw your rope, the happier right. you were. The catching percentage is important. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, the header for sure, because then the healer gets to throw a lot, and that keeps the healer happy. Um, so I worked worked for Mel. Went to Wisconsin, worked the summer. It's basically like six months there in the summer, early fall, and then back to Marana to the horse ranch, and then halter broke a lot of colts, started some colts, lot whatever you know whatever needed to be done in Marana as far as the horses. But that's where the rodeo deal really took off because Mel, obviously the father of Sherry, Serby, rodeo. I mean rodeo is just part of life it's just what you do and connections you know people stopping by I mean all of a sudden I'm eating dinner or being working the shoots or whatever it was for whether it's NFR bell racers or NFR team ropers like they were they came through enough that I was like well and a kid from Wilcox working on a ranch feels like it's a million miles away Absolutely. Like when they're eating dinner with you, all of a sudden mentally you start to go, wait, this is not that far out into right. the, the ether. Like it's possible that I'm not as far away as I thought it was. Well, and it's, it, they don't talk about it as much as like, like a, a dream or uh, something that you, like something like you said, so far away. It's just. It's a reality. Yeah, it's just, it's what you, you do. If you rodeo, you make the finals or you're successful. Let's just Some put of us it that would way. argue that, Coulter. Right. <laughs> Some of us rodeo and don't just be. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of then it started. And, I, and there was a guy, Rick Stock, he made the finals back in the 80s, maybe early 90s, I'm not sure. I want to say four or five times. He, he was working for Mel, NFR healer. I mean, so that, you know, that all ties. Yeah, the caliber of partner. Yeah, and when, I, when we got there, like, they have a lot of amateur rodeos up there. And Mel, I mean, like. In Wisconsin, they yes, do? Yes, in Back then, team roping wasn't mandatory, so they had they had pro rodeos, but there was I think there was only like eight or ten that had team roping. Like it was way different than it is now. Well, the rodeos up there are really long and narrow, right? Dirt, well, it depends on where you went. Amateur rodeos, they're all on racetracks or dirt. You know, what do you call them? Like demolition derby tracks, just set up panels, little bitty nothings. But then the old rodeo grounds themselves, yeah, that's the big spread, big out. long. Old kind so of so all I mean, summer cool. you're getting to rope in the NFR and Cheyenne. Yeah, which I mean I I don't even know. Like to me, right. we're just getting to rodeo. No, 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 right. But I'm saying like yes. your formative your formative years, yep. you're getting to get to go to way Wherever different setups. Yep. And not only that, a long ways from home, which yep. is almost kind of like a sample of what rodeoing will right. eventually be. Just a whole new. It was all new. Like everything was new to me. And I mean, I think Rick finally figured that like this kid don't know nothing. He <laughs> he did step finally like to hey like we we need we win. When we go to these, we we win, and that that was one of those. At first, I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm trying." Like in my yeah. mind, like, "Yeah, we're just here to have fun." And I swear, like, no, Rick. I thought I knew that. Right now, it's no like, don't you don't miss those. And he was kind of he was hard, he was harder on me, which I you know, at, being young, I would get upset, and then the hindsight, you're like, "Man, I'm glad he was," because it made me like change my mindset. Like, okay, well, I got to look at this as more of a job. Sure, it was fun. The job was taking care of some bunch of steers and riding horses and whatnot. But no, this can be a job too. You right. Need to, and it's mental. Yeah. Like the winning to me is is mental. Well, he's telling you to go dig the three foot right. post hole all the way to three feet if right. you're going to heal. Like if you're going to heal, you're dig gonna the hole it. all the way to the bottom. Yep. Yep. 
And that's how it, I mean, that's, it's kind of interesting me trying to remember like stuff. I've had so much stuff happen. Like my wife and I talk about it a lot. Like we don't, I don't live back in a certain time, look back at a certain time and say, oh, I can't, like we've had every, every stage of our lives or mine, I will say has been so exciting that I don't ever really get to look back. So this is, this is different for me trying to remember it all. I think, I think something that I've really tried to challenge myself with is I, I never look back. I'm like forward, 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 forward. Like what's next, what's next to a fault. Sometimes right. I don't even live in right now cause I'm looking forward. But like today sitting there at the high school rodeo, which, Hey, by the way, when I called you and you go, we're about to start open calves. I'm sitting there at the first arena and they're running barrels. So I'm like, ah, oh, they're probably just finishing up barrels. Okay. I sat there like a pervert, lonely at a high school rodeo watching girls barrel racing. I'm probably on the CPA, CPS watch list now. And then somebody goes, yeah, I think they're open calves at the second arena. Right. It's like 30 minutes of watching high school barrel racing. Could have been uh, there. But, but that, that part aside, I do enjoy sitting there watching the high school rodeo and the calf roping today because it does give you a minute to go like, hey, man, I remember this season. Right. I don't want to go back to it. Right. But I remember like the formative years of my life and I, right. I don't want to just block them out. Right. Like it's cool. It is cool every now and then to go like, man, I, looking back, I can always see what God was doing. I can't ever see what he was doing looking forward. Right. Right. And right. So it's good. I think it's good for me every now and then just to stop and sort of like, yep. Give it a minute. No, I agree. I agree. And that's just fun to see how God, if you're, for me, me kind of on those lines is like, when I do look back, I get to see how God was working. I mean, people can call it whatever they want to, right? They can call it luck or fate or they have all these terms. And always, for me, it's always been simple. No, it was God. Sure. He allows it to happen to anybody if you make these decisions. But for me, it was God strategically setting it up for me right. to be where I'm at today. And I got to see it because there are things that I'm, I'll call them in a sense, miracles, because they were big enough things that they don't just happen. That's right. sure. You can live your whole life that way and, and be fine here, but it's not going to be good at the end for you. So I get to, I, I always, I, looking back, I get to make sure that I almost thank God for those situations, good right. or bad. Yeah. You get to re-remember to be right. thankful and be, yes. And learn. And so, uh, so, and I, I don't want to skip this story because this to me, to me, this is the part of your life I have no idea about. And I would bet 90% of the people have never heard. So I don't want to get in a hurry to skip forward yet. You're rodeoing, Rick Stark's hard on you. When, do you remember when it started to kind of turn around? Because all, all this time you're still healing. Yes. Like we're not even to culture the header yet. No. Um, see, I know I healed that year and I got to heal at the circuit rodeos for Ronnie Hyde, who made the finals in the calf roping. Ronnie Hyde was team roping over here? No. Up there. Up there. Up there. Yeah. Right. And that's another just a, somebody that won. Like he was yeah. my first PRCA partner and uh, like he was going to go catch him. And up there, I mean, you catch, you catch him clean. You're going to get paid. Maybe not first, but you were going to get right. paid. It's actually gotten tougher now than it was then just because there wasn't team roping. Well, back like then, said. like you probably had to rope with a calf roper because a team roper is not going to live there all summer for nine rodeos. Right. Well, right. And the, even the guys that, that lived in Wisconsin that go to the amateur rodeos, like they're, they go to those anyway. Just that was my first partner. And I, in and, and those between him and Rick is where it started. Like, okay, like I've really got to pay attention here and not miss, like catch two feet. Cause when you did miss, you felt stupid. I, whether they meant to do it that way or not, that's how it went to, came right. across to me. Like, well, and you're young, right? Nobody feels bad yelling at a young guy. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As a kid, I mean, 18. Um, 
and then you come back to Arizona, and then it was we roped every day. Like that's what we did. You worked colts in the mornings, and then in the afternoons you got on young horses and you roped. Mel always had roughly, I'm going to say, between 20 and 30 steers, and that's what we did every day. And just like that, in repetition, and being around Rick, like Rick just, he wouldn't miss. He was a guy that he was going to work in a colt, he'd catch all day. Wouldn't throw if he didn't, if he knew he was going to miss. And uh, got to learn a lot from then, from him. Uh, did you did you feel like the summers up there in uh, Wisconsin rodeoing, when you would come back in the winter, you had like a list of things, having had rodeoed all summer, now you're coming home with a list of things you knew needed to improve, like you were able to practice differently having gone out and rodeoed? Not yet. Still not, not yet. No, yeah. I'm just like, just rope. As long as I get to <laughs> practice, I mean, as long as I'm practicing, I, I'm going to get better. That's kind of where I was, and I, I just, it was crazy fun. Yeah. Like, just crazy fun. Simple. Yeah, we'll call it simple because it was just fun. Like, we get to rope. Yeah. I get to rope. That's what I'm supposed to do. Not at home, my grandpa would get kind of upset a lot if, like, hey, there's work to be done, guys. Like, <laughs> you're out here roping. Like, we, and I always would kind of get mad at him. Just, you know, see, I'm trying to get better or whatever. But I mean, he was a cowboy and, and there was work grandpa. to be done. Yeah. Right. Um, so then, well, it's kind of, I guess I can go faster. Um, uh, hey, Coulter, you get done when you need to get done. I've got all day. I would. I, I want. I want all the details. So don't hurry on my behalf unless you got to go. No, I don't. Uh, they said it. It's going to be a little while before we team rope this evening over there. So so don't skip. I don't want messages. More messages like well, you had him, but you didn't answer X, Y, and Z. Right. <laughs> We're um, trying to do this right the first time. So and then really didn't rope a lot. like I, as far as jackpotting I just knew the normal jackpots that I always went US Ropens were big so we went to those in the down here in the winter right you had Lasso Del Sol maybe Albuquerque I don't know what all we would go to jackpotted a little bit here and I will say jackpotting is different than rodeoing by a long shot um do you jackpot do you, do you see yourself jackpotting at all anymore like is it something you enjoy or is it just a pain now I like jackpotting. It just didn't, I mean. It's different. It's different than rodeoing, but if you had to pick one of the others, is there one you just love more than the other? No. Really? I can't say that I do. I guess it depends on the horses that I was riding. I, I haven't been at it long enough to have a, now, it's not, I don't have a favorite. I don't even know what I'm doing still. <laughs> um, do you understand how many heads just exploded when they listened to that, that you're almost 40? You've now made the national finals in both ends, and you go, I don't know, I'm new enough at this. Like, that's got to be that's got to be a relief to some 16-year-old kid who thinks he's already <laughs> got to figure out. Well, they, they, at 16, you do. You're 16 to 22, you got everything figured out. <laughs> that's a good point. And then after that, you find out. Sorry, so, so you're jackpotting down here in the winter. I didn't, I, I'm skipping, sorry. So. No, that's fine. And that's kind of, I just, like, it seemed like that's what we did here. I, I learned more in Wisconsin. I guess that's kind of my point as far Isn't as... Isn't that crazy? You lived in Arizona, the team roping like Mecca right now, and you said you learned more in Wisconsin. Well, I feel like I learned more on the rodeo side because that was more prevalent. Yeah. There was just more amateur rodeos. Like they had, it's kind of like anywhere up north, you know, winter shut down, summer, Game everybody's on. wanting to yeah. have fun. Like, yeah. let's get out. Let's right. And the, and rodeos were 
bigger. It seemed like just in my mind, that's my yeah, yeah. memory of it anyway. Well, um, rodeos back east, people don't realize it until they go see it. But like rodeos back east are packed. Yeah, like the fans back east. They the, want to come see a base. rodeo. Like it's almost like a dude. They want to go see what it's like. And for people who haven't ever been back there, we think that that's like the dark side of the moon. No. Not at all. I'm no. telling you what, the rodeo culture back there is strong. It right. has been for a long time. Right. At least I know back then. Like I don't know as much now, but I know back then it was like crowds. Yeah. People came. It was something, and it was loud. Um, it's like the opposite of Wilcox, Arizona. Definitely the opposite. It was very quiet in Wilcox, Arizona, <laughs> and that's why I like it now um do you remember a time in this process where you kind of looked up and went i think i think this is going well like all of a sudden now you're like i wait a minute this is this could actually be something that i do or was it just this slow gradual build was there a breakthrough moment you remember no no it just became all of a sudden like that's what i was in my mind what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. not it wasn't like maybe, or it's just like, I guess there was the maybe, but in my mind, it was just like. Doesn't matter. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Well, I still didn't know what I was doing, really. <laughs> I mean, other than I was getting a rope, I was around an NFR healer. I worked for Mel Potter, who'd made the finals in the calf rope and the steer rope. And then, truthfully, like Sherry, this was right after Mike passed in his plane accident. So I got, in sh so I got to be around her quite a bit. Too, and I mean, like she, she'd already won the world, made the. I mean, right. So the knowledge was there, and I'm. I liked. It wasn't a goal for them. It was a standard. Like that was just what they expected. I, the the level they expected for themselves is that is that a way to say it? That's the way I I took it. Right. Like you know, I can't know how they felt, but the, when they would talk to me, that's how right. I right. perceived it. Um, I remember having one conversation with Sherry in Wisconsin about like, hey, I want to rodeo soon in the near future and I, I don't want to rodeo for a long time I don't want a long career I kind of want to try to make it quick and she I remember telling me like you can't put a time stamp on it and I just remember in my mind thinking like I can <laughs> that's just something that you where that came from I don't know it was just a, a, a not name. just a thought. It was something that I actually felt in my mind. And she was the one, like, I was ready to get married. But I didn't want to make bad mistakes for both Carly and myself as far as being young, being stupid. Like, I didn't want to wreck her life. I didn't want to wreck mine, which I was confident it wouldn't wreck mine in any way, shape, or form. But... I did a lot, and Sherry had gotten very young, so I was able to ask her, like, is it something that's possible? And she, she was good, yes, absolutely. So my second year, now I'm, Carly's graduating, and, because uh, I feel like my, my senior year when I graduated, I feel like that's a whole year, even though it was only half a year. I felt like it, a whole mm -hmm. year. I asked Carly to marry me. How old were you? I would have been 18. She'd have been 17. And, uh, well, I had to call her dad first and ask him. I couldn't ask him I in think person. that's not I only, like, to... good manners. I think at 17, that's legal. <laughs> legal. <laughs> I had to, and I remember that, like, having to call her dad and really thinking, like, he's going to kill me. It's not permission. Like, now you need a signature. <laughs> right. And he, it was crazy that he said yes, that, I, that it was okay. So got, got engaged. 
then I had to ask, tell Mel, like, I'm planning on getting married. Is that going to be something? Like, is the job okay? I felt like I tried to go about it as good as I could to where it wasn't like... You didn't spring it on anybody. Too much. And then, so I had knew what I had to do next anyway. And he said, no, that was, it would be all right. It'd be fine. So now we're kind of, I'm going to kind of skip one year. I healed again up there. Carly and I made it work again. Like she'd fly up there every now and then. Um, we wrote a lot of letters. Like that sounds crazy. Actual, like put them in the mail letters. Yes. Like actual letters. Like we wrote a lot of letters. Do you guys still have this? I have no idea. God, that'd I'm, be cool. It'd be cool to see now. Yeah, maybe not. If well, I didn't I, want to read them. No, I'm I know. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like, I don't know. But I just remember, <laughs> remember doing it and like getting hers and back and forth. And I think that's good because then you get to write down stuff like you actually are writing it. and not, It's thoughtful. Right. Even better than what like now texting or whatever. I think writing it was good and it took some time, made you slow down, think, use your head. Um. Healed again that year. Actually made this, the Great Lakes Circuit Finals that year healing for a guy named Dick Churchill. And uh, then it started, to, like, my goals were lining up how I thought. Like, I, okay, now I've got my card. I've filled my card. I can do this. I mean, I'm in my mind, any PRCA rodeo was something, whether like, you know, as you get more out there, you realize, okay, that's a circuit rodeo versus everybody's there. Didn't matter to me. I was Uh like, I'm pro rodeo. I'm winning here. Um, Got married in 06. So that was 05, 06. Got married. Um, Healed for Jason Handy down here. Mm -hmm. Actually went to some winter rodeos with him. And got to go to California healing for him and didn't heal very good. Started then, I started to realize, like, I don't, I don't heal that good. Like, I had a self-awareness of, like, I don't heal that good. I can catch two feet, but I had no idea how to really ride good position, do things correct. I was more, like, crazy. If I could get close, I, could, I would throw. Trying to head feet. Yeah, just not. I just wasn't a good rodeo healer. Like jackpotting, if you could enter four times, I'm sure enough going to probably catch for somebody, maybe two guys. But as far as catching them all, I right. just wasn't. And Rick had always had been trying to help me, and I was young enough and be like, I, I heal good in the practice pit. Right, right. Like, he'd be like, No, your horse isn't, and it's not your horse's fault. It's your fault. And I was young enough to be like, Whatever. Just wait, sucker. Well, I'm just, <laughs> just kind of those things when you're young and you prideful, more arrogant inside, I look back and think, God, I've missed a lot of opportunities to learn way more than I did. Um, I have a friend, I have a friend that says there's nobody happier on the planet than somebody who doesn't know anything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you don't know anything, you can be so confident and happy. And like, you've never had to go prove how dumb your theories are. Right. You go to bed at night and you're like, gosh, my life could not be any better because I'm the best in the world at this, 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 and this. And like, sometimes the saddest people are actually the people who are in the process of getting smarter. Right. I could say that's maybe there's might be something to that. (laughs) Um, so go to California with Jason, with Jason and, uh, didn't do good. So then, I mean, it was the same. I got married in March, uh, worked out good. The last, we went to Guyman. I healed for handy at Guyman. And then from Guyman, my new bride and I went to Wisconsin to work for Mel. 
on up there. Now it'd become normal. That's routine. Real so, quick, real quick. Can you tell me a little bit about Wisconsin? Cause I've heard about it from people. I've heard people tell stories that have seen it, but when you say Wisconsin and you're running some steers for the guy that is listening thinking that it's like, you got like a little pasture with some little like steers. It's not a small thing up there. No ag's big. We so were in when central. you say, what was, can you just like, like on a typical day up there, what is that like during shipping, for instance, what is that? When you say you're in Wisconsin, just because I think it's cool. Could you real quick add that to the story of like, what does it look like up there? Okay. So when we, we'd get up there the end of April, the first of May, make sure the, I'd noticed Mel would really be getting weather reports like, Hey, is the snow all melted? Is the grass starting to grow? The grass is really high in protein, really good. Um, and so as soon as it got the go ahead, Hey, the grass is going to, is going to be tall enough. So then we'd get up there, like I say, the end of April, the first of May and the trucks would start showing up and we'd unload them, weigh them, weigh them in and then haul them off to, which the, for me, it was different because the pastures weren't pastures. They would, I would call them traps. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had a 12, 1400 acre trap, right. Like That's we where could you have, put them to store them till you want to go catch them. Right. Yeah, or sort them the next day or whatever. We're here. That's a pasture. And you could have, I mean, if you had a 2,000-acre trap, you could have 750 head turned down at it. You could have an 80-acre trap and have 60 head turned down. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, just And it's not good. open country. Everything's fenced. So uh, it's almost like thousands of acres of yard. Yes, or farm ground that they just fence it off with some little bit few trees or whatever and mm-hmm. cattle turned out it is a it's a big deal mel had done it for years and done really good at it and at one time when i was there we was turning out 7500 so i mean it was there was quite a we took care of a lot of yearlings yeah and it was really i liked it it was definitely a whole new roping them in cowboy the cowboy thing dang sure roped and doctored outside which obviously is right up yeah. a young guy's alley yeah. all day long um dogs no dogs no it was all just horseback, and it's the cattle were kind of funny. They weren't cowboy cattle. When you first started checking on them, they'd come running and follow you around. It made it. You <laughs> started finding out if a pasture did well health wise, they stayed fairly gentle. If they did had some bad health issues, they got really bronchy. Got tired of getting rubbed. Right, but then when it did come like gathering time for shipping, it was a little trickier because it wasn't like you just went and gathered them and got them strung out and got them trail broke. I mean, they'd never been driven anywhere, driven into a corral or anything. So that'd be a little, little tricky. Sometimes it's worse. It's worse working gentle cattle because you can't get them to move off of you. And well, yeah. And these were like, they, you would go at them and they'd come at you. And then when, of course, yearlings, once you get to know when yearlings, one breaks, they all break. It's like quail and you can't do nothing (laughs) with them. You get to restart, go again. So I learned a lot of that. It was just different cowboying techniques. Yeah. Um, it was really fun. And they did good. Cattle always gained between two and a half and three pounds. Goodness. And it was it was a lot of fun. So I just that. just when you say you go to Wisconsin, I just want to give people an idea. Right. It's like not it's, it, it's not as small as maybe people would think. That's a big seventy five hundred head of yearlings is a big operation. Right. And it was the difference is is it wasn't like one big chunk of ground. Like we had them you know, mm-hmm. different pastures right everywhere. everywhere. I did laugh, though, and I forget about this, but so Rick, the police department, the local police department, had his phone number, his cell phone on file or whatever you'd call it. So it's a fence in state. So if cattle got out, like it was, your a, fault. it was a big deal. Yeah. Well, 
Rick was the only guy they had, I guess. So if anybody's cattle got out, like everybody would have some <laughs> black and white yearling Holstein heifers turned out on a little deal or whatever. We get calls in the middle of the night, hey, you got cattle out. What a nightmare. <clears throat> and then we'd have to go figure out first if they were ours. And then most of the time we tried to get whoever's they were back into somewhere. But that was different too. <clears throat> so we called ourselves the Department of Mel Potter Cattle Search and Rescue. <laughs> Just kind of fun, you know. <laughs> And uh, did that. So you get done at Guyman, been rodeoing, you go back to Wisconsin. This time you're married? Married. <coughs> and yep. like living space, are you guys like living in a bunkhouse crammed in with everybody else or do you have your own spot? Um, we, had a, we had a bunkhouse. It was, uh, <coughs> it wasn't much. It was one room. We actually, it was a medicine room and we didn't have indoor. We had a shower, sort of. It was pretty rough. My wife, I broke her in really, it like, was rough. Like, had an well, outhouse for a bathroom. Like, it wasn't. Good news, bad news, honey. The yeah. the bad news is, here we are. It good worked. News is, it it that's where, though, worse. like, for us young, young, it was way better because it wasn't. Oh, you don't care. I mean, what, you're young. Well, I think I mean, she cared, but she was young <laughs> enough. Fair. And I was, I didn't. I was like, this is fine. This is perfect. No oh, we're never deal. in here. Wait till two in the morning. We're going to be out chasing right. cows anyway. Um. So that's kind of, and then it actually wasn't too long that summer when she started getting sick. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And find out or she's pregnant. See, that's what happens when you get married young. You don't know the warning signs. I, like, uh, I had not zero, and I don't know that she did either until she went to the hospital because she hadn't, was just wasn't getting any better. I just cannot out. quit throwing up every day. Right. So she called me and said, I'm pregnant. No, you're not. <laughs> Because that wasn't our plan. Our plan was we were going to wait four or five years because she was excited. You mean you didn't want to have kids living in a medicine room? No, no. She was excited to get to run barrels back there. Like we planned on doing our deal for five or six, however long. Like kids were still a ways off. But uh, no, basically nine months after we got married, pretty much. Um, anyway. That's where that's where you like really hope that it's not like a premature birth because then people are gonna be doing the math. And like, right, oh, I swear. which yeah, it was. Uh, then stuff started to get kind of a little more real for me because uh, like it's not just her and I. It's uh, well, when you asked Sherry, you said, "Can you do it married?" You didn't say, "Can I do it married with kids?" <laughs> right. right, so right, well, right, and that was our plan was we were gonna grow together, grow and rodeo. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we had tentatively had planned. Um, but that was also the year that I started heading because Roy Alexander, which was Mel's grandson, had come back from his mission and came up there with us. Well, he healed. And so you had Rick Stock, me, and Roy healing. And Who was heading for you guys? Mel. So Mel, like the amateur rodeos, it was Mel. But then we'd always bring in one of the better headers that we could find or somebody, you know, yeah. to finish the deal as far as the amateur rodeos in or twice. And then I'd try to get somebody for the circuit rodeos. So well, you're now, doing the math and it's like healer, healer, healer. Right. And Rick was the one, the veteran was like, all right, this ain't going to work. I only know this story because Caesar told me because as much, as many fans as you've got out there in the world, Caesar might be the number one guy. Like he loves you. And he said at the USTRC finals, can you, before you started heading, Right. Mm -hmm. What had happened at the USCRC finals? Oh, that's right. Um, well, I win the nine shootout healing. It would be the 13 now. Old yeah, school, it was the, right. the nine. Uh, 
I won eight healing. And uh, that's, I guess that was one of them deals where it changed a lot because all of a sudden you win almost 40,000. And I was like, Was that the most money you'd ever seen in oh, one time? Yeah, like it was one of them, like, dang sure for a young guy, like, kind of in a sense, like, choked me up, which is, yeah, yeah. sounds stupid. And I get no, it. It doesn't, but, not if you've been. Well, it does. I've been. It, it kind of does, but it, it, I was just shocked. I was like, wow. This well, who gets, Coulter, who gets to determine what's meaningful to a person? You're no. saying like that was a meaningful thing because of all the work and time and effort and the ranching, which does not come with large sums of money all the time. And so for you to say like I'd worked at it and that to be a payoff, I don't think that's, I don't think that's silly at all. I, that makes complete sense to me. Well, anyway, it definitely was like a shocker. Like that's a lot. You're That's like, a I think lot it's of money. Clear and I put it in the bank. <laughs> right. I mean, I just like I don't even know. You don't even know what to do with that kind of money. For me, just other than, shoot, this is unbelievable. But well, it was you, also like a win, like a big, yeah. a big win to where you're like, okay, so there Time is to think it. money yeah. out here if you do good. Um, sorry. So you start heading that year when Rick and uh, Rick. Well, Rick was the one that said somebody's got a head, and basically he just said, and you're it, and it was me, and so. Any team roper has ropes both ends, yep. right? Yep. Like there's no team roper out there that won't even practice on one or the other, right? So like in theory, it, it's not like it, for people listening, it's not like it was the first time you ever threw a head Right, rope. right. No, yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, like you say. Well, and like when you have a bunch of healers, like when you're training young horses or whatever, I mean, you yeah, do both. That's down. just what you do. Right. And every now and then I would head at some amateur rodeos if we couldn't get another part, whatever the reason. You know, I'd head a few. But it wasn't something that I tried to do. I actually had one one ro- one circuit rodeo with Rick heading just because no Mel hadn't got up there yet. It was early on, or, and it was the first one. And he's like, "Hey, you can head for me there." I was like, "Yeah, sure, that'll be fine." And we win it. But it was so. It, but I had no idea that that was something that was going to be something. Right. But it was kind of funny how that worked. And it was one of those the cattle were really really fresh and walking like just walking out. And I was watching it, and I was like, shoot, this is easy. All I got to do is nod backing up and then just start walking yeah, he's forward. He's right, right there. Like, honestly, like, that's how naive or ignorant I was, and it worked perfectly. I just nodded backing up. My horse was green. Like, he was just a horse we healed on, young. And I started walking forward, and then, like, the neck rope comes off, and I walk, basically just walked out there, healed him, and then got him hopping. Rick could heal him or headed him, and Rick could heal him. And you look looking it. around, you're like, what am I missing, you guys? Like, this this is, is so easy. It was just funny, though, how that my – if I'd have been a real hitter, like even now, if I've seen that, I'm like, oh, this harder. is going to be tricky trying to figure out how to score well, and do my job. Horse, right. It's harder. In that situation, a real head horse would be hard. Right. I hate having to admit when I'm stupid, but I'm stupid. I had no idea. Listen to this. I had no idea what a pole barn was. I thought I did. And maybe you think you do. You know, I thought of it as this big shed with wood structure and, and you know, maybe the tin goes halfway down or, you know, just just sort of a, something you'd see a tractor or a four-wheeler park below under with a stack of hay. But I grew up in Texas, and so you don't build anything out of wood. Everything's piped. So um, when I met Dan Scarborough, and he said he was building pole buildings. Instantly, instantly, this is the stupid part. I'm like, oh, a guy who throws up some little sheds. Go to, do me a favor. You go see how stupid I am. Go to roperbuildings.com and check out the gallery of what a pole barn actually is. This can be anything from a barn dominium. It can be a shed, but it can be a horse barn. It can be anything that you want to protect from the elements and no wood exposed to the sun. So, you know, my question was, what about here in Arizona? 
There were so many questions, I had no clue. I had no clue what they were capable of. And Roper Buildings is not, no, I hope this is okay to say, Dan, it's not some mom and pop thing. Like this is one of the most premier building companies in the Western um, United States and has been for over two decades. You can check them out. Not only are they in central and southern Utah, they're in northern Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and now coming to Arizona. Uh, Dustin Searcy, who you met on the podcast, is going to be helping run things down here under under Dan. Wait until you see what's possible. They are engineered. They can be customized any way that you want it. You can build it the way that you want it. And you're dealing with people who have had decades of success in getting this right. So roperbuildings.com, check them out. And while you're there, check on the gallery and look at all that they're able to do. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date. You can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, oh, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com, the difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out, ropingcalendar.com. So was that was that when, even as insignificant as it seemed, was that something that kind of got the wheels turning or just that was cool back to healing? No, yeah, it was just one of those, like just one of them things looking back, be like, like, do you think God was smiling, knowing everything that's to come? Like he watches that and he's like, if this guy only knew. Yeah, I don't know on that. I don't know on that, but I, maybe. It's hard to know. So Rick one day just designates you as the header. Yep, as now, the header. Now, there's two ways to look at that. First of all, we know how it went, so it's cool. But at the time where you're trying to be a healer, is that a bummer of like, hey, I've been doing this. Like, like sacrificially giving to try to get better at healing. And now I just don't get to heal. Was there a frustration with being deemed the header? A little, a little bit, a little bit, but the situation, the situation was a little different. So now I'm starting to learn, I guess, if you want to call it business side of rodeo. And and so in a sense, our bonus, one of our bonuses back then was like, okay, we, Mel would pay the fees all of our fees really? everywhere. But then when we, whatever we won, we would take out fees and then we'd split it up amongst oh, us. Okay. Right. So at first it would just be re, me, Rick and Mel. And it worked out. Okay. We brought out an outside header for our second run or whatever, but it still worked out fairly good. Well now, you know, with another healer, we'd have to bring in two other off. So now you're splitting it up a lot. Right. Like it's not all coming back in. And I hadn't, I mean, I wouldn't have never thought of it, but Rick was the one like, Hey, okay, we need to figure out how to keep If we win, we want double. Yeah. We need double right. payment. Right. And so that's how it worked out. And so in a sense it's frustrating, but at the same time, like the math. Well, for, I mean, I don't picture this going anywhere. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> just business side of it. Right. Yeah. No, that's what we need to do. And okay. I'm the guy that's going to head. So, so, so when healers start heading the two challenges that they seem to always have, typically is scoring and head horses because I've heard people say this. You tell me if you agree or not. Healers need lots of practice. Headers need good head horses. Right. Is that right? Yes. And so when you go from healing to heading, there's scoring and now there's horses. It's a, it's a, such a different situation. 
how right. easy how easy was that transition Nah, it wasn't i mean looking back it wasn't easy at all but you got to think of i knew one thing you can't win if you break the barrier so in my mind as long as i don't break the barrier and don't miss it more than right a foot they are within range i mean that was as simple as i had it in my mind right like as long as I don't break the barrier, they're gonna be. Yeah, I'm, to I'm gonna be able out. to catch them. Right. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. Like. And I'm so, just, were you were you one of those healers that could just stand back three coils and rope racks easy as it? Because that frustrates the fire out of me. Every healer you rope the dummy with, just, their head rope, their head loops are just so sharp. I don't know on that. I know I went to working on my head loops on the dummy after that. Like before, it was like we headed because someone had to turn steers for the <laughs> guy that wanted to heal, and so I guess in a sense you figured out how to. I figured out how to catch. I wouldn't say I was a good header by no means. Uh, nothing like that. Um, what about horses? So the second year I was up there, Mel had been, like he, his horse program I would say was still fairly small, like just getting up and going, like stuff that he'd raised or young horses he'd got was, they were all threes and fours. Um, but he said, like, I, I really want you guys to ride something off this ranch with my brand. Like, sure. that's what I want. And so I was like, all right, I'm young. And I was like, you just, you just tell me which which one. Anymore, that's crazy because anything with that brand is so like it's right. synonymous with such a famous program. Like, right. it's funny that in the day he was actually having to, like, encourage people. Or well, like, and it was just new. I mean, we were, he yeah. was just in, yeah. you know, building building it up. It yeah. wasn't something that I feel like was just completely taken right. off yet. And uh, so anyway, he picked one, uh, which ended up being, it ended up being, and I was healing still at that time, but I, so I was like, I'll heal on whatever. Like, I'm fine with it. So that's the the horse that he picked for me. His name was Frisco or Lo, Lo, what was it? PC Lonewood Ike. This is his registered name. We called him Frisco. So I mean, I just started healing on him, and then and he was he was built to be a head horse. I mean, he, it fit him. So then when I went to head, and it was like oh, like it's perfect. He's we do both on him anyway. Like what about, what about scoring? Because like if you start one healing, you're kind of going a lot faster with the gates. And like so I said, I wasn't a I wasn't a scorer. I just needed to make sure I didn't break the barrier. So <laughs> it wasn't like I had any idea of scoring. Okay. In my mind, I'm still a healer. I'm a, I'm a healer. Like so, it's just whatever it takes not to break the barrier, <laughs> and then catch. I mean that it's no, I, I hear you. So that's how it went, and and it it went well like right off immediately right off the bat which again we're back there i will just say it back like back there the competition is not it was or you know back then i'm gonna say because i haven't been back there now to see but i know back then like the competition just wasn't well but you already said they were the man, team roping wasn't mandatory so it's not a place that like the team ropers who want to make a living it's not a place they were congregating to right. so it makes sense that you're not gonna have the numbers and when you don't have the numbers it's not gonna right. be as tough a lot of times it's not the ropers it's the amount right no and then, right, right and then like the amateur rodeos were you've worked all or dealt with snow and ice all winter and in the summer you're just going to have fun and people are enjoying it and there is a difference cool right culture uh, great culture truly enjoying just roping and having a good time and it's then, like arizona in the winter now right yeah so the amateur rodeos like i had rick stock i mean and i figured out real quick like i just got to make sure that i don't miss right. like whatever it takes don't miss and now 
you get to be in the position of judgment because when you turn him a steer and he's like, you got to catch that one all these years you healing. Now you get to turn around and be like, Hey Rick, you got to no. catch that steer, man. No, no, I've never, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never had that. Like it's always because both ways you I look at me as I've always tried to be that way. Maybe not so much with my boys, but like everybody else and myself, I try to, if heading, it can be the header's fault real easy just as much as it really truly can be the healer's fault. And like, obviously at this moment in time, I can really see both aspects, but at that moment in time, I, I, I'd already been aware of that because we'd healed enough on young stuff, especially we'd be like, man, I need a little help. So I never was that way. And like Rick just didn't miss. That's the fact. Well, and that's, it's crazy that a guy cracks out heading and his first partner is an NFR healer. Like that is such a, that's such a God thing too. seeing where life took you now looking back, like, there's people that rope a lot and that rope really, really good and rope in the right areas that are just like battling to yep. find a healer that can catch your first guy. And he's not in a place where you traditionally think of like giant rodeo careers jumping off, not right. no disrespect back East no. at all, right. at all, right. at all. Those guys, there are right. guys back there that are just as real as it gets. I'm just saying that's so unlikely that all of a sudden you pick up a head rope and you've got an NFR partner ready right. to roll. Well, and he, and Roy, so Mel's grandson, Roy, he was no slouch either. Like he was, he healed really, really good. He roped calves good, but he healed really, really good. And so it's kind of the same. Yeah. And the nice thing is, so at the circuit rodeos, I headed for Roy and then at the, and Mel and Rick had healed for Mel. And then at the amateur rodeos, we just swapped back and right. forth. Um, but I, and I'll say, so that's, I've told people this before, like back there is where I learned to win. One is if you caught clean right more than likely you were going to place and if you caught them fairly fast you were going to win first well do you think do you think in 2023 that's really gotten undervalued because there's so many guys and it's so tough and everybody's going for first it's almost like the most basic concept of catching your steer that's still important like i don't i've never i say this all the time i've never heard anybody go, well, I'm going to miss this one. Just see how it plays out. Right. Like, right, you, right, right. right. To, if you're going to see how it plays out, you, there's a, it's so simple, but it's so undervalued. Like you still have to catch your steer. And so what you're saying is that was introduced into your roping at a time where you got to see the immediate value of right. catching one. Right. Well, and that's where I say it was different and it was perfect because I would say it would be that, that that's a hard concept down nowadays because if you just go catch and you don't win enough times, it's the same as missing right. inside. Sure. Like that's how you deal with it. So that's the tricky part on that now. Wouldn't you say that if you're going to be the guy who can catch fast, you have to travel through that season of just catching no matter what? Because it's almost, I almost wonder if you can't skip that. Even if you're not winning yet, go somewhere that you can because the guys that think they've got to be four flat every time and they're right. missing every single steer trying to be four, it's like, no, learn how to catch first. If you learn, uh, Brad Smith, actually, Sterling's dad told mm-hmm. me one time, he said, you treat high school rodeos like a 10 header. How would you rope if you right. were at a 10 header? And then you rope that way because at the end of the year, it's all going to play out. Right? right. And you don't have to be four flat at a high school rodeo. Right. So if you develop a, a culture of catching in your roping, that's probably the most likely way that you're going to become that guy that can go fast, but undervaluing catching before I don't know. Like here I am being a roping philosopher. I don't mean that. I just mean like, I get that you have to catch fast now. I get that. If you can't do that, catch first and then learn how to make that faster. Is that, 
Is yeah, that- I don't. I mean, like as far as I'm listening and I'm thinking, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know because I'm not. I wasn't that had. It was the way it was for me. If you know, I didn't have to battle it. I wasn't down here battling, or I wasn't out there battling everybody. So you got to go to a place where your process was enough. Right. It was a given. Like yeah. You caught, and you got paid. So that and that was my job and that if I didn't Rick was always very upset which I mean so now that's where I say he would get upset and I started figuring out like I was hurting him sure like in his family right like sure we we had our job and we got our paychecks but these were bonuses that was right, right there right and if I dropped the ball like his stuff just wasn't as good at home for him. you know what I mean? not yeah. not a big deal but now older looking back I was like yeah I get it you're not a kid roping the dummy anymore right now you're dealing with men who have and, families and making money yeah And like, we need to make as much as we can. I mean, that was what he wanted to do. That's why he loved it back there is because we, you know, hey, we get to, these are bonuses that are here every week if we do our job right. Right. And if you're screwing around like a kid, you're costing me and I'm not here for fun. Right. And that was another thing that I had to deal with is because he wasn't there for fun. He'd already been there, done that. You're like, is it okay if I kind of am? Right. This is fun for me. (laughs) Well, right. I mean, but that's where I, the maturity of it, like I had to, I had to decide if it was that way or this way. And I chose like, okay, winning is fun. So (laughs) let's figure that out. And uh, anyway, and then I roped with Roy at all the circuit rodeos and it was, shoot, we end up kind of just going through it all. We did good. We ended up winning the Great Lakes circuit, won the average so then, like, my confidence sure. in my heading just skyrocketed. And this is on a horse that you'd started healing on. Now you're heading. Yep. On the same horse. Which, I mean, like, we'd headed on him, right? Yeah, right. Just never professionally. But then you go back there, and it was like, this is easy. Right. And he was good, and he was good. Looking back on all the horses you've ridden since, like, I know you know what head horses are. Where does he rank, like, in your lifetime? Did you – because here's what I'm asking. You start off with real healers, which a lot of guys don't. Looking back, did you start off with a very real head horse also? Or was he good for where you were at the time? I don't know. I mean... Hard to... hard to. Well, right, because I had no idea. As far as I knew, he was <laughs> For what you perfect. knew at the time, he was great. Right, he was yeah. perfect. No, that's fair. That's a good I answer. Did, I, uh, late, you, you'll find out later on, like, as the story goes, like, okay, yeah, he was... He was better than your average one, but I didn't know that. Right. As far as I knew, he was just a really you good. Had head nothing horse. to compare to. Right. You're just and no knowledge of what. Even now, that's a you know that's kind of a tricky thing as far as good for this guy is different sure. for that guy or whatnot. But he he ended up being really good. So. We're, we're, when the when, when that, the circuit when the average when the average come back. I mean, that's basically, we're done up there. Come back to Arizona. Okay. What are we, what are we going to do? So Roy and I decide we're going to circuit rodeo a little bit down here in the turquoise circuit, maybe to enter some of the winter rodeos and see how that goes. I mean, we've been winning, like we're confident, used to it. Um, different situation now because it's not just go casually catch one. Right. So now we are in, uh, 2000 and Coming into basically, I will just say I'm going into 2005. Okay. Got a daughter. I actually got a place of my own in Marana. Wait a minute, real quick. What year did you get married? Because a minute ago you said 2006. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking I was doing all the math and I messed it all up. No, no, no. You're good. Just to clarify, you got married what year? It'd be like 02 or something, 01, something like that, right? No, I graduated in 01, so I got married in 2000 and. 
three or four. Okay. I don't really know. This is where I'm not good at hey, going back. Hey, in fairness, you did say you don't know how old your dad or your grandpa are. So right. I don't think it's fair to hold you to exact numbers. I right. think that's fair. Well, and I just don't remember. I know if you wanted to do all the math. So my daughter is going to be 19 in December. What's her name? Madeline. Shout out Madeline. She's the one that took her and Fallon. Last time I was at the RO, her and yep. Fallon were taken off for Texas. Yep. Um. So say we, say we got say we got married in 04. Does okay. that sound right? Or 03? Sure. I'm sorry. I, I stalled. I just want to make sure because you said you got married in 2006. I was just making no, sure. No, I know. People, and then after, like, yeah, actually, good. when I was saying the date right now, I knew somewhere I threw a date out that was Doesn't wrong. Doesn't matter. Uh, immaterial. Uh, you didn't have kids until after you got married. I think that's the point I was wanting to well, clarify. No, right. <laughs> well, whether it was or wasn't that, it did yeah. happen that way. It did happen in the right order. Right. So now you're rodeoing with Roy thinking, time to go circuit rodeo. You got a daughter. Or not circuit rodeo. You're going to go win a rodeo. Well, we're, we're going to mess around with it, right? Like, you know, we went, we went to Odessa, the qualifier in Denver, uh, Tucson. I mean, we didn't go to a lot, but we went to some. Anyway, it didn't, it didn't go as good down here as we were doing up there. Um, still working for Mel in and out of that. Um I'm actually, Roy decides that he's, he's not going to, he doesn't want to do it anymore. So, I was trying to remember how it all went. As far as, I know Roy had said like, hey, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to enter anymore through the rest of the year. So I was like, all right, that's fine. And Caesar and I'd always been really good friends, like mm-hmm. talking all the time back and forth. Anyway, I'd called him to let him know, hey, like Roy's done. I think I just got cut. So Well, no, it wasn't <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. Like kidding. that's the thing. It I'm wasn't it wasn't that way. It was just he was done. So I was visiting with Caesar and Caesar had hey, been healing for boat right. For the record, not to correct you, but when someone tells you I don't want to enter anymore. By definition, that actually is. <laughs> no, right. Right. No, you're right. Right. But it, I guess in, at that time still, I had, like, I don't it didn't know what feel like it, it was just personal, like, hey, yeah, he doesn't want to. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. Doesn't want to do it anymore. And that's fine. And Caesar, well, I just, Boater said he didn't want to go either. And they'd been going that winter a little bit. So we were just talking as friends even. And uh, I had, uh, so then, like, throughout the conversation, I was like, well, what about, hey, I'll, uh, we can go to like Laughlin at that time. Laughlin was a big one in the kind of late winter, spring. Mm-hmm. And right we next go to, to Logandale. Go to California. We can go to Lo- Laughlin, Logandale, California. And then I can do just like I did before. Like I'll go to Guyman and then I'll go on up to work for mail. You go do whatever you want to do. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Let's, let's try it and see what happens. And then stuff got real. And then stuff actually happened. Yeah. We like... Right off, I maybe win the first round at Laughlin, maybe even make the short round, and I missed in the short round. Like I think maybe we were high call or second high call, and I missed the one in the short round to do good. Uh, I was at Laughlin that year, I think. I think that was 06 because... No, because I made it in 06. 05, this is 05. Okay. I know it was 05. See, now we've both messed up dates, even play field. Right, <laughs> right. We both, both don't know what day it is. It's not, but I know this is But I mean, immediately, immediately success with everyone there. And that's different than success maybe right. when you're not where all the guys are entered at right. the same time. 
So now you start hitting, and it's against all of them. Yeah, and it gets real, real better fast. Because then we go to Logandale, and it was a four header back then, and we get them. It was everybody got two. Then they brought back the top, Progressive say, the short round. 36 to the three perfs, and then short round. We win Logandale, uh, go out to Red Bluff. I think we win third or fourth there, do pretty good at, at Clovis. I mean, all of a sudden, like, just like that, like, yeah, we're up there. And uh, I Are remember. You, let me ask you this, because when this happens to a young guy, and I hope young guys are listening. This happens all the time. They start having some success. Somebody buys their horse from them. They're young. They don't know what they've got. So they sell them thinking, well, I'll just go get another one. And this is going to continue. And like that actually bankrupts a lot of good young careers because a young guy starts to take off and they, they get offered a lot of money and they're not patient enough to say no. So are you getting offers to sell your horse at any point through here? Well, I don't own this horse. No, I'm saying, but I mean, are people coming to you wanting to buy him? Because that's even worse. Sometimes you yeah, don't get to... I don't, I don't really know that yet because everybody knew, like, he's not mine. Like, this is Mel's horse. So maybe Mel's getting calls on the back right. end. I don't know. Yeah. For sure. But I do know, like... Good on Mel for not just... Right. Yeah, he came out from under you. So then we're now... It's getting, like, we go to Clovis, we do pretty good. We actually got a chance to make, they had two tour finales. They had a winter tour finale and a summer tour finale. We actually got a chance to make the winter tour finale in Reno. And I'm actually worried about it because I'm like, what's Mel going to say? Like, at this time, I'm still working for Mel, right? right and I'm and supposed to go from Clovis, like, basically I'm going to ease off to Guyman. And then from Guyman, we're, I'm headed to Wisconsin to work for him for the summer. And now I'm, you know, and plus I've got... I got a wife, a kid. I got a place of my own that I owe a lot of money on. Like I'm trying to make a a life. Right. And I I remember like what do I what do I do now? Like where, now what are we gonna do? Where was the place that you bought? Was it down there by? It was the in Rana. It was right by Mel's. Okay. So like when we moved back when Carly right before she had Madeline, like she's like we can't live in the living quarters. <laughs> I lived in the, either my living quarters or a motorhome in Marana. Gotcha. And then the bunkhouse in Wisconsin in the summer. So she's like, we can't do it. And some stuff had worked out where we were able to put a down payment on a little place just down the road from Mel. And, uh, Which so to a young guy is terrifying because now you've guaranteed a payment into your future every single month. Yeah, the thing that you got to, the thing, so I've always been, I, more so when I was younger. When I was younger, I was always confident. Like I'm, I can work mm -hmm. one way or the other. Like I'll make it work. And now, I mean, we are, I had this job. I knew this job. I knew the payments. Right. Like, so it was fine. It was I mean, I wasn't worried yeah. about it. Right. But now, now rodeoing and now I'm looking at now what? Mm -hmm. Well, and in a sense, in, in fairness, objectively from the outside looking in, if Mel's trying to grow this program, a young guy's out there just stomping everybody on one of his horses in a way. Cause I know people are like, well, it must be nice to have a job where you get to go rodeo. But if that was a part of what he was building, it's not like you're hurting his program by being out there doing what you're doing on his horses. And I think if some young guy is out there thinking like, I need a boss to let me go rodeo, like, hang on a second. Like, that's not, that's not how that works. That's right. a very rare situation where right. you could be a benefit to someone else by going and rodeoing. Right. I didn't ever look at it that way ever one time until you said that. Not one time had I ever thought about it that way. You're kidding. <laughs> Never. So, so I'm actually stressed. Because I'm don't know what I'm supposed to do. like. I'm actually thinking if I make the winter tour, I'm like this is detrimental. 
You'll be the first guy to ever turn out. Well, right. I mean, but I'm not even thinking, I'm just like, what do I, like, I don't know. Do I call Mel? I have no idea what to do. Like, now I'm starting to like pray. Like, I don't know. Cause I need this job. I mean, I got a family now. Yeah. Like this rodeo is still not something that I'm guaranteed. Like, right. No, I, it's not a guaranteed anyway. I've got, I need, I got to be able to make payments. I've got to figure this all out. And this is where God worked out again, because Mel actually called me and said, Hey, like, I see what's going on. Um, I just want to let you know, like, I think if I was you, like, you've got to try it. Like I, I said, well, what about that? She said, it'll be fine. Like, I'll, it'll be fine. You need to try it. No way. And it was like, and so like you saying what you said, I could say, well, yeah, maybe that was a business decision. But for me, I never thought of it ever the that way. thing anyone exactly. ever did for you. So, well, and it well, was and it an answer to my Listen, prayer. It can be both, right? Well, right? It can be the kindest thing anybody ever did for you and then mutually beneficial to him. Like right. it doesn't have to one or the right, other. Like, right, 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 right. No, right. And then, I, and then to back that up, he said like, hey, and if it gets rough or it don't work out, like this job's here. So I was like, okay, answer, like, perfect. Jeez. Thank you, God, for that, because now I'm okay. I'm not right. going to put my family right. out on the street. Like, Jeez. okay, so let's try it. Well, we didn't we end up not making the winter tour finale, which was in Reno. Guyman was the last one, and I missed the second one. Around the and neck or around the horns? Neck, muleys. But now, now I'm rodeoing. First time, like, now it's real. But I still have no idea. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never been to anything in the summer. I go to Wisconsin. I'm used to that now. <laughs> so now it's all new. Caesar has no idea. His Uncle George helped us quite a bit as far as entering, but we didn't know how to get nowhere. We didn't know anything. And it was then rodeo got real because the, now, now we're not winning. I'm not roping good. I'm not scoring good. Everything, I kind of had changed my whole mental game to where I'm trying to do something that I wasn't doing before. Right. Trying to do something better instead of just like, this is what got me here. Let's just be comfortable with that and sure. go with it. No, now all of a sudden I'm like, I got to score better. I need to head sharper. I need to win. I need to go faster instead of, no, just catch the cattle and see mm. what happens. So we ended up not doing very good. Like we ended up giving ourselves a chance, but it wasn't, didn't make it. I think Caesar was end up being 19th. I missed the very last year at Kansas city in the, in October to, uh, get him, like get him a good chance to make it. And then, and I think I was say I was down there 23rd, 4th, 5th, whatever. But throughout all that, now I'm broke. I mean, now I'm, Broke and I, I'm, but I'm not really wanting to go back to work for Mel because I'm this close. Like, right? You feel like you're gonna be jerking him around to go show well, up to work. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm just again now I'm back to honest, like the prayer life as far as like I don't know what to do. I don't want to make the wrong decision. I'm willing to do whatever I need to. I just need some help. Uh, I had entered the 15 shootout, so they changed the number system now. And that ended the 15 shootout with Ryan Powell from uh, oh, Marsing yeah. or Caldwell. Heck yeah. And dang if we don't win the 15 shootout. Same horse, different end, <laughs> a couple of years later. And now like, okay. How much was that? And I want to say 38. So another like dang good hit. Right. Okay, now the other part comes in. Now, now Mel's getting phone calls about the horse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I need to 
I mean, I need to do something, but I'll, you get first right of refusal. And he wanted a lot of money for him. And I'm like, I, that's every, that's all, that's everything I just won. Right. Like, right. So of course my wife and my wife's faith is better than mine as far as she just looks at it face value and say, either it's a good idea or it's not. And she's like, well, what are you worried about? I says, like, this puts us, I got to borrow more money to buy this horse. Yeah. She, she's talking about, Oh, you think we're broke now? Wait till you're trying to rodeo without him. <laughs> well, right. Well, right. She already, she's already looked at it that way. Like yeah. you, like you've won, you've won a bunch, you've already won way more than this on him. Like, so what are you worried about? I said, yeah, but I understand that. But I was kind of looking right. on the negative side of it and she was looking at it like that. Now we own him. Like, I mean, right. we, yeah. it's a no brainer. So anyway, so I, I buy the horse. So now I own him. I've been riding him like I'd owned him forever, right. and I felt like I owned him, but right. now I own him. It, but and it was way cool. less money in your pocket. Right. Which, and I know, I do know now, looking back, like Mel did me a favor. Sure. I Probably gave that. you for less than he was yes. getting. Yes. Yeah. I can just about promise that because enough guys had seen him, enough guys had been on him. He was good, and he was good pretty much in any setup, but he was really good on long setups. We let him out, go, go catch him. He was good. Great at jackpots. He was good. So now we're going into 06. And I remember this thought after 05. If I can rodeo all year, they can't they can't stop me. Because Caesar and I didn't start till Laughlin. Spring, yeah. I mean, we got everything all winter. There's no way. So that's the mindset. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, we start out the winter not winning, but placing everywhere. Right. Place at Denver, place at San Antonio place at Austin, like we're on, on your own horse. Yes. And, but I mean, we're off were and running. Paying, were you paying Mount Money the whole time when you didn't own him? No. And yeah, I should have, but. What a guy. <laughs> right. I could go nerdy. I could go super nerdy. I could tell you that Unbeatable's new Forge Only Blend is a no grain included, yet high energy, low sugar, easily digestible, fermentable fiber. I could tell you it's clean and natural. Three simple, high-powered ingredients, alfalfa, beet pulp, and flaxseed oil. I could go on to tell you that it can replace corn or other grain-based equine feeds at effective cost. Alfalfa, beet pulp, flaxseed oil, which has omega-3, adds cool burning fuel while supporting healthy skin coat. I could tell you all those things, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Yes, it's an 11 by 64 in diameter pellet. I can tell you you don't have to water it. I can tell you all those things. Here's what I'm going to tell you instead. The new feed by Unbeatable Feed, yes, they still have the shreds. Yes, they still have the beet pulp pellets, but they also have added a forge-only feed. Here's what I want you to know. Every one of their endorsees that they've sent uh, uh, samples to has come back and ordered more of it. There are people that are giving up endorsements. You ready for this? There are people that are giving up endorsements to feed this feed. It is blowing the doors off. But here's the coolest part. I can now tell you that it's carried in all the places that you wanted it to be carried. I could give you the list, I'm, but here's the one I'm going to focus on today. You can now find unbeatable feeds. Ready for this? I wish I could do a drum roll with my mouth, but at NRS. That's correct. NRS is now carrying unbeatable feeds. You can go in and check them out. They get Aquinity there. You can get classic products there. You can get Equibrand. You can get all their stuff at NRS, but you can now go buy unbeatable feeds at NRS in all of their locations. All of the NRS locations now carry it. Um, like I said, imagine that there's people giving up endorsements to come feed this feed because they're seeing those kinds of results in their horses. I feed it to my roping cattle. I've never had fatter, slicker, healthier roping cattle. They don't look like roping cattle anymore. They look, they look like 
little Mexican show steers with horns. So, and, and you only have to feed a pound and a half a day to your steers. I, I, I could go on and on. Let me just tell you, unbeatable feeds. Go check them out. Find them at NRS. They are making it happen and doing big things. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know that people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. So, I mean, it's crazy how many, to this point, how many roads lead back to Mel Potter. Right. Mel, if you ever listen, got your seat <laughs> saved in here if you want to come do a podcast. Um, so now you're killing them. It's on your horse. Things are going good. You, where, where do you end the winter? We end the winter winning. Like, we did good all the way again through California. I mean, all the way up until Reno, it was looking like perfect. And then, then it got dry. Get to Reno, start the summer. How many guys, though, in fairness to you at the time, how many guys do you see that have great winners and at Reno the whole year changes? And they rope good, but what was winning in the winter is not the same thing it takes to win in the summer. And it's like you see a lot of guys that have good winners that, like, the summer is the – that's the desert. Like, right. it's like they go in green grass up to their knees, and by August it's like you can just watch them go. And it happens to guys every single year. Well, yeah, and the reality is, is because the winter time, no matter how you dice it, you're not rodeoing. You're hanging out. You're getting to practice on your horse or not, right. whatever. Versus when you get after, like, once you leave for Reno, your horse is in the trailer, and you're in the trailer, and now you're. I mean, you don't ever get to fix them. You ain't got time. Right. And so now it's between fatigue on you, fatigue on your horse, and then stuff's just tough. Yeah. I mean. It, now you're looking at a lot more one-headers, a lot more two-headers. You know, back then, everything was four-headers in the right. s winter and spring. Which, in a sense, goes back to your point about uh, Wisconsin. is like catch. Catch, right. catch, yeah. If you catch, like, if you pick your, you're going to draw one out of four that you can win on, and the other ones, if you get them caught decent, they're going to pay you. Sure. Um, this is all stuff you learn. And I'm young, still really young and ignorant, uh, like, looking back. Um. Because now I'm 22 years old, so I'm not, not by any means. You're just coming out of your like smartest years of life, which right? Is 16, I'm just starting just now, maybe figuring out I don't know everything, but not for sure. I still <laughs> right. think there's a possibility right. I do. Anyway, like dang sure, going going through all the summer, Fourth of July, going to Cheyenne. Okay, it's real. Like the finances are in bad shape. Not winning. 
and I, I haven't said enough of this, but I, I guess I'll just throw it in. This is another, every time I've come up to a point like that fork in the road of where, where do you want me, God? I've always tried to go and do what and where he wants me to go, regardless of where that is. Mm. And I'm at that point again. Like I haven't really put a big emphasis on it all, but I feel like I have as far as every stage has been a point in the road where I've had to go to God and say, okay, I want to go where you want me to go. Yeah. And then I'm willing to go whichever direction that is. Yeah. Right. If you knew, right. If you knew, right. And this was another one. Like if I'm supposed to go home or call Mel, I mean, my first call would be to Mel and say, Hey, I got my job still, or can I come work for you again? Or keep rodeoing like I have to win. Like mm -hmm. that's just, there's no way around it. And I got to win big. I can't just right. win right. a little bit. And danged if we don't just win Cheyenne and win right right 17,000 kind of puts us in a sense over the hump now, as far as feelings wise, like we can make the finals, like know that we're far enough in, it looks really good. And not only that, but we can also eat dinner tonight. Well, right. I mean, just everything culminates into like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. Now it's Katie bar the door again. Mm -hmm. And we went and in a sense, we finished the year pretty strong in 06. Do you remember what you went in? I'm going to say maybe 12th, 11th, somewhere good. in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. In my mind, it was good enough. Like we weren't on yeah, the- you're on in. The, Who cares? Right. We weren't on the bubble watch or anything, right. you know, at right. the end of the year. So- um, I put my phone on do not disturb me and I don't know how I got turned off. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, your first year, it could be 15th. Who cares? You're right. in. Right. And as soon as I like that, it was like, just got it. We've got it made. Now we'll make a lot of money at the finals. It'll be easy. Um, in a, when the U.S. Open again, or not again, but when the U.S. Open, Hedner Heelan, Heelan for Caesar, had paid fifty. Wait, wait, wait! You won the U.S. Open. You were heading for Caesar. Yes. Yeah, got it. In two thousand six, so okay. like we're headed into. I mean, I'm headed into Vegas. Like this is. And it paid how much? Fifty. Jeez. Like that was right when it got was super. Yeah, good. yeah. Like At its peak. Yep, yeah, super good. And so now I'm just. This is nothing to it. There's not a lot of guys that go into Vegas, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there, that have money in their pocket. Right. Like most of the time, most of the time, people go into the NFR even, right? And like whatever they make for the year, they make in the next 10 days. Right. So to, to hit for 50 in October, I mean, that's, that doesn't yeah, hurt. It was, it was, yeah, like I said, it was good. And I actually had a, almost a false confidence of what it was going to be like going there. I was like, yeah, bet I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to turn 10 faster, you know, You're right. same deal. Right. Got dang sure humbled in 2006. I think I caught maybe three or four, which the only positive note that I'll ever say for me that came out of it is I, I went around and I wanted to, buck, I mean, I wanted to go around. Buck. Sure. Yeah. So, Something that said you were there. Right. So we did went around, but it do was. You, do you think that headers that haven't gone, that haven't entered, do you think it's a, because you see a lot of guys struggle their first year, right? Those steers are so strong. And even as short as a start is, somehow it feels like they're out in front of you further watching it right haven't never run one there but it feels to me like it's a weird short setup yes it's a short setup but it's a weird short setup because they're so strong they're fresh they start fast and you got the left wall like it i think there would be guys maybe watching it on tv go like it looks like they're right there just rope them but right. when you're sitting there in the arena watching it happen like it's not the same setup maybe as it looks when you're watching it is that a fair way of saying it yes and so what part, like in your mind, looking back on it, what was the thing that you had to, that you had to learn before you went back? 
Well, in my mind, I was I needed a different horse for that setup. My horse was long strided. You just feel like you're out of time when you need yep, to be throwing I it. I couldn't like I was either behind him or in front of him, and it never was. It just didn't feel good. Yeah. Which I mean, I still that's all I had, and I was not just a hundred percent worried about it, but it was one thing that I thought like I need a different horse for here. I need something different. I don't I don't know that maybe everybody would know this. I don't I'd be interested to see if you could explain it, but. If a horse is pushing off his back end and you got your hand behind you, as he's pushing, he's pushing your loop, mm-hmm. right? Like you're in time with your horse. Right. If you're trying to push your loop about the time he's gathering his back end up, it's almost like you're trying to throw your rope against his momentum. And it, it feels maybe like you're throwing from the back of your saddle. Right. And so when you think about throwing it fast, not only are you fight like a long strided horse, if they're not choppy, it almost feels like they're taking your throw away as you're trying to throw it. And, and most, I would say maybe most headers, it's a jackpot situation, right? So if you're not in time, you just take a swing until you right. get caught. You don't have time to do that out there. Right. So a long strided horse, if you've never, if you've never tried to fight with one, right. that's a hard thing to do to get in time with one. Well, and I think, I mean, I think every header's different. Like I, I'm thinking maybe some headers could. And maybe yeah. someone could got on him and it had been the greatest thing in the world, but it didn't fit. That's why I say the, the thing about that building and that setup is you got a lot of things that have to work for you. The heel horse and the head horse got a jive and then they got to match the cattle. Right. And that's tricky. Were they roping natives that year? That year they did. Yes. And that's tricky in its own self because they're longer strided. They're phony. Smaller horns. Yeah. These had bigger kind of horns. It it didn't matter. I didn't head good. Like I just, it didn't head good. How are you going to have the NFR and rope natives? Who signed off on that? Like, when Mexican steers exist, why would you rope natives at the NFR? Not why would you rope natives in general. I, I don't care. Like, rope, rope natives all you want. But at the NFR, how did that ever get approved? Well, just so you know, when you're 22 and you made it for your first time, you really don't care. <laughs> they could have run muleys in there, and I'd have been like, we're going to go do out. It. That's right. So I don't know on that, but I know I didn't rope good, and it was kind of an eye-opener as far as, okay, you did all that, worked all that to rope bad and now okay i want to make it back to try right rectify yeah and so then in 07 was kind of another it was more of my jackpot year uh tg and i win the wildfire uh actually him and i come back pretty good at the straight i think we were like third high call had so i had a chance to do good there and i i found out then like started to figure out more of the dying or the Stuff that heading, how you can cost guys. Like my my buckskin horse was a little weak to the saddle horn, so a lot of times he'd give them back a little bit, and they'd slip legs, and that's what happened there. When you say that, just in case somebody doesn't know what that means, when the steer's head is to the right of his hips, it's very hard to keep a backed left leg in right. the rope, right? Right. In theory, in theory, if you want your healer to rope and keep them roped, you need their head to the left of their hips yep. going across the arena because that keeps the weight on their feet where you can keep right. them. Right, and when I, in my this deal, though, with my buckskin, it was he was downstreaming the steers so they were getting the right leg out because he was letting the hips oh, go right. go away Yeah, is yeah, what yeah. his biggest problem was. Gotcha. And, I mean, I and I knew that and I worked on it, but it was just him. Just like, him. It was his makeup. He just wasn't real strong, which which made him nice too, because he could handle cattle, keep cattle on their feet that maybe would yeah. wash out or yeah, yeah. do some funny stuff. But and again, it's back to riding the right horse at the right. Yep, side. and that's when he became. I would say I thought like jackpot, and I knew, and now I've got a great jackpot horse. What did the wildfire pay that year? 
37.5 maybe. That's a, another pretty good hit. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. How was the rodeo one going? Just okay. Like, not like the year before. I mean, again, I think now my, my buckskin horse is getting a little more tired. Just in general. Right. Or even wiser, let's just put it that way. <laughs> wiser. I'm a bomber. I was a bomber. I mean, I was going to show it, show it. You to were him every a bomber time. though. In fairness, like you were a bomber kind of before bombing became the, the thing, right? Like that's what I'm saying. When people hear that you walked away from rodeo and I don't think they understand you were one of the most exciting guys to watch head in the PRCA. So your decision, like back to your point about being a bomber, like you're not joking. Like you would pull off shots. I got a video from Caesar of you at Reno when you go four flat on one that they weren't supposed to win anything on. Like, dude, four flat at Reno is not supposed to happen. So yes, to answer your question, like just just so that people get a sense, like yes, you were a bomber before bombing was like the thing. Right. Yeah. I was. Before you needed to be one, I was one. So I wasn't real smart is what we're saying. <laughs> that's not what I said. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, and then now he's starting to figure that out, like not running. I mean, he was really, I would call him almost like a dumb horse because you could show it to him and he would still just keep running through it every time. So it yeah. worked out great. But now he's getting maybe quitting running a little bit more. So the winners are not, the winner didn't go that great. Um, but I'm, I mean, I say not great. We weren't just, we were status quo. Yeah. Got a chance going into the summer. Then uh, the summer actually was better that year. Like, I was trying to remember kind of how 07 went. I remember the NFR of 07. And I do we remember. Can that. We can go that. Because I do, eventually, I do want to get to like what came next. So not at all to hurry it along. I just want to know. You made it 06, 07. 08. 08. Yep. So going back your second year, knowing what you had to do, what did you get on when you got there? Something you're not supposed to get on. Which was? A five-year-old that we, my, it was kind of one of my wife's fraternity barrel horses that we, that my mother-in-law and my father-in-law had bought at the Twistleman sale in, uh, at the Madonna Inn when they had the horse sale. Yeah. And they bought her. She had no papers. My wife was going to run barrels on her. She really didn't like to run barrels. And so I actually needed a, just a practice horse, right? So I just was practicing on her. She was young, green. My buckskin horse got hurt, kind of tore a stifle off. Uh, so I just started practicing on her. And then it's like, okay, this is what I got. Do you think, and I know you're not supposed to ride young ones, young people don't ride young ones. That's not what I'm saying. But don't you think that when they're good, there's almost a little bit of an advantage to being green because they don't know any of the tricks. Right. You almost get a little more honesty out yes. of them because they don't know. Well, and like if you ever ride a colt somewhere new, when you first get on them and start riding them, they always go back to you for security. So they'll ride way better than they've ever rode for a little while. Right. And I would say that's what happened with her is uh, like just the whole situation of it. She didn't know what to expect. So when I mean. She's listening. Yeah, she worked good. I actually turned all 10. Like it was, it was, it was my year that I felt like I actually did my job really good there. Right. I turned 10. I broke a barrier. Caesar lost his rope on the first one, which you look at a, as a blessing because then it was like, okay, we're not worried about the no average. thinking. And then we, we placed in, uh, from round four on, we would place third or better. Like, just... What? Yeah. Like, Hold on. From round four on, you n didn't finish lower than third nope. after that? How much did you end up winning that year? 94-something. Come on. And eighth in average. Like, back then, right. it was still three loops. And uh, 
So we just barely got in there for an average check, like when six or 8,000 in the average for the bottom. So where'd you end up in the year that year? Uh, Caesar was second. I was third. I actually screwed, missed my dallies on the last one. He maybe would have had a chance. If we won the last round, I, it's one of them. I think he had a chance. I can't really remember, but I know I bobbled my dallies pretty bad. We had to be like three, eight or three, something three, and it was four, four, four flat or something. With a bobbled dally. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was still, one of them yeah, like it cost, right. cost us. So then we'll jump into 08. 08 was crazy because now we're looking at, I'm fixing, like now I'm, the fire is starting to leave as far as I'm kind of not loving what we're doing. Find out that my wife's pregnant again, this time with a boy. Uh, we have him in June. I don't even get to see them out of the hospital before we head off to go rodeo. And, and then it's like, okay, now I've got a son. And I don't, I want to raise, I mean, I, they, a son needs a, a, needs a dad. This is, this is my, me, yeah. how I feel yeah. about it. Oh, and the situation that I had is my son needs a dad and I don't want to be out there. So now like being done is actual, an actual entertaining thought. See, and that's so, I, I love that. I feel like I understand it. I feel like that's maybe closer to my personality, but it wasn't like I had the career waiting on me that you had. So, so nobody, I don't think anybody in 08 has any mind that all of a sudden we're going to, we're going to, the, the rodeo world's going to lose Coulter Todd. Like in my mind, it's like, let's see where this goes because I remember the hype around it. I was a calf roper, right? right? I'm, right. I'm watching team roping at the time, right. but there's this hype around this guy. So just to make sure people understand the picture is like, you're saying the plane's going down, it's running out of gas. Everybody over here thinks it's taken off. So what people think and what you're thinking would it couldn't have been further apart. Right. I, I like, I, I've always, yeah, exactly. That's because I feel like I've always tried to let God guide my ship. And that's usually not what people want. Yeah. Or even your own self for that matter. Right. Well, like, it's like, it's like to, in fairness though, Coulter, like watching you head was so fun. So it wasn't, we're not thinking about your family or your kids right. or like your actual important things in your life. Like we, it's, it's right. It's kind of like when like, Dustin Egeskiza pulls off a shot and it's fun to watch and you know lightning or driggers or the bombers when they pull off a shot it's so fun to watch and then all of a sudden if that person leaves the scene it's like we feel like dang where did you go it's like watching a dunk contest right, right? like we all like basketball but really what we like is monster dunks or home runs or you know touchdowns right. and the guy who is like the biggest dunker just like walks away from it there's something sad about that but then if you understand the story behind it which is what you're saying it's not really sad at all. It's like, it's admirable. It's what everybody really should be prepared to do if they feel like that's what they should do. And so it's really, it's two different worlds that aren't, in essence, really aren't connected. Right. So, oh wait, get in again. Well, sort of. So, <laughs> like we're... Kind of winning, but not really winning. And I, like, I'm really feeling torn. Like, my, I got a baby boy, which, I mean, I know he's a baby, but I got a boy at home. I haven't really got to see him at all. Um, I remember getting on the plane to go from Cheyenne to Salinas and, like, just truly, like, not wanting to go. Yeah. Not, not, not wanting to go at all. 
Like just, I've lost Thinking it. And I, I'd, I'd been, I'd been doing a lot of visiting with God. Like, okay, like I, I, I feel like maybe there's a chance it's time for me to leave, but I need to know. Like, I just, I don't know how, but I need to know a yeah. cut and dried. And uh, I just had some conversations with some guys that I respect that nobody would give you an answer, but they'd always throw out little things that you could take away. You know, like I've had some conversations with Jake Barnes and different things that we'd talked about that made me definitely lean towards it. I'm not going to have the longevity career. I already knew that. Um, What's crazy you knew it before you had the success? Like I said, though, I was a, I was a confident. I mean, this goes back to like when I told Sherry, like I'm not going to rodeo forever that's before what, I make it. Like, like you knew it. And I don't know it, but those are just those yeah. feelings that I have. So I remember getting off the plane at Salinas, and then like we usually get to Salinas at that time. We'd always fly from Cheyenne to there, and then get to Salinas about two a.m. And I mean, woke up. It's like you know what, I'm, I'm done. It's early enough. I know I'm done. This is it. This is my last day. And I remember telling Caesar, like, hey, you can start looking for another partner. I'm done. And he's like, no, dude, it'll be all right. We're going to make it. I said, no, you don't. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm actually done. Like, I'm not well, dude, looking problem. for another partner. It's not you. I'm finishing the yeah. year. My wife and I had had the conversation because I'd already said, like, hey, maybe I'm coming home. She says, well, you need to try and you need to finish the year. You right. can't leave your partner. I said, well, unless he wants a new partner, which Caesar was always a great friend. Yeah. And uh, he would, you know, he would never have said. He's just got his arms full. He's like, I'm not looking. <laughs> right, right. Kind of. And I, but I was worried because I, like, I really did try to do it like, hey, I want you to have enough time. Sure. To yeah. where you can work and find somebody good because he was healing really, really, really good. And uh, I remember riding around, say, on day two or three. I don't remember who it was, but somebody had come up and says, I heard you're looking for another run <laughs> next year. And I remember like almost inside being kind of upset about that because I was like, no, that's not what I said. Uh -huh. I know that's what that means out right, here. Right, right. I understand what it means. No but, one thought you were going away. Right. No one would have ever thought that. No, with, obviously I didn't know that, but it, that's how it was. So it sounds like you're trying to let Caesar down easy because yep. really you want to do something I better. I got another partner on the hook or yep. I want right. a new partner or whatever, and it was not the case or whatever. And it, I mean, couldn't buy a win. Like we couldn't win... It Nowhere. changes too when you don't want to be out there. It makes it harder. I mean, even even the most mentally tough people in the world, if your heart's not in it, right. it's hard not to have that show up. Right. Exactly. And then uh, my wife's always been, I haven't given her enough story in this at all. Anybody that knows how rodeoing works is hearing what you're saying. If you don't know, just take my word for it. These stories right. actually do tell a story of a wife. So I hear what you're saying, but considering that she's been home, you've had a daughter, she lives in a, in a medicine room. Like, you're telling a pretty dang good story, or right. even if not on purpose. Well, she, <laughs> she, she, like, I'm struggling bad, not winning. I'm ready to go home anyway, but yet need to finish the year. And financially, we need, I mean, I do need to win here yeah, pretty I mean, soon. You hemorrhage money every single day. So she comes out with my boy and my daughter, and they meet me at, say they meet me at Caldwell. Kind of that was when they had like a tour finale deal where Caldwell was like the first one. They took 36. Right. And then you went to Puyallup, 24. And right. then Omaha was 12. Dallas would be the final eight or whatever. Right. So we're barely, let's just say we're 35th at Caldwell. And that's just in tour points. Not, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you where I was in the world standings. Like maybe not even in the top 30. 
or 40 or right. whatever it was and go into Caldwell knowing like basically this is that's my last. Fall. Yeah, That's the fall. This is the last chance at big money because it's not like I've got any of the others made. Like this is it. If I don't mm-hmm. do good here, we're done as far as tour finales or anything big. And, uh, and I, I think my wife's a prayer warrior for me. I know she is, but I, I mean, at this time I didn't really know, but just stuff happened from then on. That was just uncharacteristically crazy. Basically, we end up winning Caldwell, which gets you into Pialup, and then we end up winning Pialup, which gets like you. there's stories inside these rodeos that are just unreal as far as how they worked out. Yeah. But winning both of those and like we go from nowhere to like my confidence is back. All of a sudden it's like, we know we're going to make it now. Right. I think we win the second round at Pendleton. You know, we place along everywhere just a little bit to where like, it's okay. Now we went from no chance to we've made it again. So real quick, and I've told this story a lot on this podcast, but this is such a good example is that we think of the cross, the death and resurrection as like a church thing, right? The minute you start talking about it, we get Jesus, we get Easter, we get all the religious sort of practices that go around death and resurrection. But what the cross represents in the Bible is that when you allow something to die, don't like nurse it back from being sick. When you look at something and you are like good with it being dead, anything that comes on after that is new life. It's a different, it's a different thing. It's like when you burn off a field, look at the grass that comes back. Right. There's this relationship between death and resurrection, death and resurrection. And like the acceptance of something being over, like when you accept, like I'm done, I'm going home. Everything that comes on the backside of that has a different feel. Right. You win Caldwell knowing that you're done. That's different than winning Caldwell when you need to win Caldwell again, the next 10 years. Right. And I think we make it such a religious conversation, but I'm listening. I'm like, I just want people right. that have heard me talk about this before. Like that is the resurrection that's available every day. That's not a church thing. That's a life thing. Right. So now all of a sudden you've faced it. You're good with it. You right. know, it's done. Now everything comes back as bonus and it's better. Right. No, I agree. That's, that's, that's good. Cause that's kind of the, you get that piece that surpasses all understanding at that moment. Yeah. And then you are able to go ahead. And I remember like still fighting off some guys as far as looking for a new partner. Even Caesar, like, like dude, I'm serious. Like Stop, I'm not Caesar. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I promise you. Like I'm right. not. So well, so I, then you guys just go on a heater, win Caldwell, win PL, place good at Pendleton, go to Omaha. Place decent there, win Dallas. So you won three out of the four. <laughs> yeah. So when you said, when I said, did you make the finals? You said sorta. No, that's not really sorta. Well, I did. I mean, it was whatever. I mean, it ended up being something crazy. And that's where I was like, it wasn't. Well, so the people that thought he's not done. Now you do that. The people that believed you probably are now even going like, man, I don't know. Well, let's just say I don't have a lot of even, I mean, even my wife for that matter, they're not just excited about it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Let's put that in. Let's get that. Like, I have no idea. I don't like you had a giant plan to fall back right. into. And like, it's my family ranch. Like, let's, people assume like I had this great big ranch. No, it's a, it's a little 300 cow deal that my grandpa and my dad live on already. Like, it can't support anybody. Right. Like, but I know, I know I'm going home. I know I'm going back to Wilcox and I know I'm going back. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but that's what I'm going to do. See there again, I, I'm not just trying to beat a dead horse, but like death and resurrection, like the thing you wanted out of, you set it down, you go away. And now when you come back to Wilcox, 
you're a different person and it's different Wilcox. Right. Like all of a sudden you, it's not, again, it's that same cycle, right? Like the thought of Wilcox when you're 18 would have been a prison. Right. And now all of a sudden right. you're living literally your dream. Right. And in the middle of your dream life, you're going, man, honestly, that's, that's wild. Right. That, that to me, that's why, and we're going to get to this year. I know we've been in this a while. I know you got to go here. I, I'm not trying to cut this short at all, but I think what you're talking about right now, that's the thing that people watching your story this year are like, who is this guy? Who is like, he toyed with us. He beats us to a pulp and then casually walks away to Wilcox, Arizona. And then we'll get to that part of the story. Right. Okay. So you make it in 08. Yep. What do you ride there? Saying the mare. I had actually rode the mare all year and I actually went from being like what I would consider a fairly good bomber catcher to a mad bomber because she would duck. She was fast, but oh, she'd duck. So, I mean, I, I I had more arena records in 08 than, and I know they're all broke now. You might have the I, record for arena records. <laughs> well, I just say, no, I don't think so. You know, like Egeskiza, T-Wade, those guys, it's unreal. But, like, I we did a bunch that year just because of the situation. Yeah, I, say, hey, I certainly didn't mean to leave T-Wade out of the conversation when he right. talking about Bombers. He's another right. one. Right. So, and then and I, another one, go to the finals and really kind of have, I would say, maybe subpar. I maybe caught five. Because now she had it figured out. Well, that and I was tighter. I mean, I had expectations of 07, too, even though I wasn't there. I had expectations of, just had false expectations. Steers were different than the year before. Different things. Anyway, uh, the only thing that was really cool about 08, I would say, is we went round 10. Perfect. Right. So it's even better because in round 10, you don't have to go to the South Point. (laughs) I'm just saying like things that I look at. You can go home. Right. Like get your buckle right there at the secretary's office and then get home. I think Speed had a rope in the next day, so I stayed for it with Caesar. And then. How'd it go? No good. It was horrible. I roped horrible. You're already done. Pretty much. Yeah. And then I was, I'd moved out of my place in Marana and was on the ranch Say by Wednesday of the next week, maybe Tuesday. And then my you wife was like, Marana? "Not yet, no. Okay. I mean, we did now. I, yeah, yeah. The, no, today no, I mean, we have, but right. no, no, we didn't. I uh, we didn't know. I mean, this was all just fast. Like I'm just, I don't know. And then there's a, so much in 15 years at home that is awesome that I love still to this day. But uh, end up getting a managing ranch, managing job on a neighboring ranch." That was perfect timing because they had owned the ranch for five years and their deal with their first manager was over. They were looking for a new one. I show up and they offered it to me. It was it had been my uncle's ranch when I was younger and I'd ran it for him. So you already knew, knew it. That. It was a family ranch that had been sold and now I'm back on it working it, but it wasn't new. I knew it and was able to run that for seven or eight years. Had another son at this time. Uh, now, loving wait, it. So I know we skipped over seven or eight years, and I don't want to. Here's the thing: I don't want to invade the quiet years of your life because right. you right. didn't live those years in order to tell the story. You live those years because that's you and your family. And I want to respect that. Like, we don't have to bring out all the details, right? But admirable. Seven eight years goes by like this. I mean, right. We just spent however many how much time talking about a few years of rodeo, right. and like now we're skipping like giant right. swaths of time. But um, was it was it as rewarding to be gone as you had hoped? When you went, when you left the you know, the spotlight in 08, was it was life at home everything that you'd hoped it would be? Yes, it was perfect. What did you love about it? I was right where God wanted me to be. Yeah. I was a dad. I mean, I got to take my boys every day. Like they were babies, and I could. 
My wife will disagree. I think I took them a lot. She says I didn't take them hardly at all. <laughs> Different standards. Right. But like, I mean, I got to raise, I mean, I got to be with them. I was part of their life. I was part of her and I became actual husband and wife because out there you are. Business we're, partners. We're a, we're, and we're a family. Like we're, we're together every night. Yeah. Right. Not just here and like every night it was normal, normalcy. The kids yeah. were little. We're raising them, working. It was peaceful and it was wonderful. And in, in those 15 years, what's the longest period you think you went without roping a steer? Oh, I don't know. I could go as far as in the arena. Yeah. A while. And I know it's not exact time, but I guess, because I know you weren't roping every day. No, not even as much as, as, like, try not to rope at all at first, really. So how, if you were to guess from the last steer to the first year, like, what was the largest gap that, that, if you were guessing, that you went without even chasing one out of a box? Probably four or five months. (laughs) Didn't miss it. Didn't want to allow it to be missed, for one thing. Yeah, that's a freaking audio clip right there. Cause like, you're saying like, why even open the door to it? Exactly. I did not let my wife buy my card the next year. Like I wouldn't buy a card because then I'd, I already knew what would happen. Houston, San Antonio, enter those. Let's see what happens. Right. And then you're going no, again. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't Don't even, I didn't even enter. I would not refused because of Who'd that. Who'd Caesar get after that? He roped with Travis trying for a little while. Yeah. I mean, obviously I guess and he'd then, pick up a good And ride. then Begay. So I want to know the reintroduction because this year, as cool as this year has been, it never got cooler for me than you coming back and having early success. Now, wherever that goes, obviously no now going into the NFR. That part is cool, and I want to get to that a little bit. But really what I'd like to know is, like, from the ramp back on to where you're at now. Like, you're home, you're ranching, you're raising your family. Where did the ramp back into rodeo and start do you remember yeah but i don't know why or how uh was covid right like all of a sudden we, we hadn't heard your name in ever and was it was it queen creek or cape creek and so it was the year after covid because i actually i did go a little bit the year of covid but i headed for my brother-in-law will woodfin okay just at a just at a few like prescott mm-hmm. a couple others whatever just kind of he'd been moved back See, I, didn't, I didn't hear about that right i didn't know that so i'd headed for him just to, not even nothing just for a few, because actually what I did, my wife would buy my card so I could pick up at some circuit rodeos for our neighbors who have the Salt River Rodeo. So you're picking up bucking horses. Yeah, I would, and I enjoyed that aspect. I didn't want to enter, and I didn't want to right. do that, but I enjoyed the other side of it. Now I get to see the production side, the rough stock side, the actual sure. working side of the rodeos, and get paid to do it. So it wasn't sure. like putting anything on my family. Like, right. And it was new, and I liked it, and yeah. it's cowboy stuff, sure. Like as far as I'm concerned. Like reading bucking horses or bulls or anything that gets absolutely you actually get to see if you're any hand at reading livestock and getting some wrecks. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I had my card and I I don't really know how it other than I know Derek had called say Cody and that's who Salt River Rodeo Cody Reeser my neighbor called him asking like who can I get for Payson I need a circuit partner like. He's just trying to get a circuit. Yeah, killed. just for one rodeo, really. I mean, just pacing. Like, it's kind of off of everybody. I right. don't even know who he was roping with at the time, but he said, I just need a circuit run. Maybe nobody. Maybe that was it. And so Cody was like, well, I bet Coulter's got his card because he's been picking up for me, so he'll have it. And I don't remember if I just, if he called me 
uh, maybe he'd text me and say, hey, I want to enter a set Payson. And so I remember instantly talking to my wife and being like, what do you think? She's like, in her mind, she's like, well, that's stupid. Like, what's the big deal? Well, it's a, it's a big deal to it's me. It's one rodeo. And right, you're like a recovering it, addict who's like, no, kinda, I don't even want to open well, the door. Sort of. I mean, sort of, kind of, just because you almost get those what ifs. Yeah. Anyway, and then I was like, you know what? My boys are older now. Like I've been, they're starting sure. to learn the ropes and I'm trying to teach them and tell them and this and that. Now you're dad instead of daddy. Right. You're dad. For sure. And I was like, you know what? I, I've always wanted to heal and I've always wanted to heal fast. Like I just, I want to see if I'm, if I'm good enough. And I'd always told my boys like healing's really simple. It really truly is. You just, once you figure out how to catch two feet, it's, it sounds stupid, but it, I would say it's pretty simple to catch two feet. And so they're like, well, prove it then. All right. All right, fine. I was like, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. So I said, yeah, enter us. Again, though, again, though, your introduction into healing is very similar to your introduction into heading because you just casually entered with an NFR healer. We started heading. Now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'll try it. Oh, Derek Begay. Well, like, yeah, but that's that, not really typical of like, okay, I'll try it with an NFR header. Well, no, but that's how I wanted it, though, yeah. because that's how I wanted to see if I could do it. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have done see, it otherwise. Right. If I can, I'd, I'd already rodeoed with him. I mean, I'd been, he was headers. We were great yeah. friends. Yeah. Spent a lot of time together. I'd seen him go and I always thought, man, that looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. And then like when him and Caesar were going, like that looked like fun. You're like, I feel like I could do that. I went, well, no, it's just like, can I do that? Right. No, and that's so right. now it's like, okay, all I need to do is find a horse that won't go by. As long as I can get on a horse that won't go by. And my boy had a little buckskin mare that I knew she wouldn't go by. Maybe not the greatest in the world, but I knew she wouldn't go by. So, all right. So we go to Payson, and it was perfect, right? Draw a loper, checks off, Begay hangs it on him, perfect, just four flat. And I'm like, perfect, I can do it. You turn back to your boys and take your hat off, you're like... No, no, but it's, it's more like they could show the video, and they're like, that. Yeah. It was awesome. That's a cool one-time experience. Exactly. Check it off the list. Yep, and I was pumped. Like, bam, I got the heel behind him, I caught, we win, Perfect. Back to Wilcox. Yep. And then I get a text, say, what about Cave Creek? So then I, I look at my wife. I was like, what do you think? She's like, well, yeah. I mean, sure. Like, okay. Yep. Cave Creek. So now we go to a jackpot, too. Like, all of a sudden, I'm kind of getting back in the game a little bit. And I'm like, I'm nervous about it. Like, what's going on? Go to a jackpot. I can't even remember if we did good or bad or whatever. Spend the rest of the day with me and my boys and Derek spend the day jacking around in his place and then run to Cave Creek. And I think we went second or third there. I, I would like to point out real quick, in 08, your little boys don't know the difference between rodeo and Well, the one's just barely born. Right, that's what I'm He's saying. He's not like, even a year old. They're the other at the one's age, nowhere. They're at the age they need you there present every single day, not because of what you can do, but because of who you are in the family. Now, fast forward, you're nervous you're going to get back into it, but in reality, your boys are now to the point it's a benefit in a large sense. It's a benefit to get to be a part of, look what dad's doing. They're actually old enough to be excited for you. For those of you guys who don't know about Bale's hay, let me just tell you, it has changed the way that I feed alfalfa. I feed so much less hay. Um, part of that's with my partnership with Unbeatable, which by the way, check them out also, but I feed less of it because it's so dense. It's such high quality stuff. It flakes off in like little bitty flakes. It's, I, I've joked every single commercial, it feels like something you would eat yourself. It just has that deep, rich smell. It's very leafy, great, great quality stuff. But they also have a storefront there in Buckeye 
Um, you can check it out. It's down there on uh, on Highway 85 uh, in Buckeye. They're now an ADM Mormons feed dealer, which means not only can you go get the best hay in Arizona, you can also get all types of feed for and hay for all kinds of animals. Uh, the Mormons, you can check it out. The Mormons feed all the things that they bring. So not only is it the best hay, not only can they deliver, not only is the best quality hay I've ever fed, you can also go check them out at their storefront in Buckeye and pick up Mormons feed, kind of a one-stop shop thing. Check them out, baleshay.com. The update that has cost me almost the sanity of my brain, almost the function of my phone, and has taken so much time away from my day. And that sounds negative, but it isn't. Everybody wants to know, how's the Pro Series lights? I got them in. Andy, on his way back from Vegas, stopped and installed them up here at the arena. You guys, these Pro Series lights from Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. Holy cow. They live up to the hype. We roped the other night until about uh, maybe about 1 o'clock. And we get done and we realize I was talking to my buddies because we still have some of the thousand watts uh, supplementing the few that they brought out. And we get done and I go, hey, we never turn the thousand watt lights up. We rope the entire time with our thousand watt lights on dim because the Pro Series lights are doing such a good job. Uh, if you've waited, if you've been kind of kicking around, I don't know, solar, maybe, I don't know. I will post pictures also, but the update is this. They are amazing. You will not be disappointed. Check them out. Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. You want to hear the coolest story coming out of Wickenburg this winter? Because I've got it. The 1017 Project, uh, the Flatbed Podcast, Downtown Arena, Rancho Rio, Roper Nation, and the town of Wickenburg are all partnering. You heard me right. All of those, all of those entities are partnering to put food in the food bank through the team ropings. So what we're doing is we've started the We Heart Wickenburg series this winter. Uh, all the podcast sponsors, I've got boxes from Aquinity, I've got boxes from Cinch, I've got boxes from Equibrand. Uh, Ranch and Solar Lighting has donated a set of arena lights. Unbeatable Feed has an entire truckload of feed that they have donated to the We Heart Wickenburg series. The first one's gonna be November 10th. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna use the money raised at those events to put hamburger into the food banks here in Wickenburg. Uh, Christy Henson has an entire team of people assembled um, to distribute the, make sure that, hey, listen, listen to this number. They said that 70% of the kids in the Wickenburg School District are on food assistance, which means we have got this tremendous food insecurity uh, situation in the heart of the team roping capital of the world. And so everybody's coming together, we're partnering to eradicate that. Shout out to the 1017 Project for the work that they're doing, helping organize it, the sponsors, the arenas, the producers. Coolest story ever. And you go, how can I get involved? November 10th is the first one. We're going to give out tons of little trinkets and prizes and things like that. It's going to be at Downtown Arena. Shout out Mike and Karen Fuller. Anyway, cool story coming out of Wickenburg. Be a part of it. It's just a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a feel-good thing, and it actually is making a difference. The ropings will still have the regular payout. If you win the rope and you still win the money, the fundraiser is what is uh, what is made that day will go to put hamburger in the food bank. So you don't have to enter the rope and then donate everything you win or anything like that. It's still just a regular team roping. Yeah, they're actually old enough to be excited for you. Where, you know, like I remember the hardest part of having like my little boy and my little girl when they were two, three years old, like they'd cry when you leave. Didn't matter where you're going, they'd cry when you leave and you just feel like, ugh. Right. Now your kids are old enough that you're kind of dipping your toe in it and your kids, instead of crying when you leave, they're like, let's go dad. Or right. I mean, maybe even go with you. Right. So well, the pressure, the pressure is definitely different. Oh yeah. No. And it's, it's kind of like, we won't know the ramifications or the outcomes of me doing what I'm doing till later. That's how this stuff works, especially with kids is you don't know your decisions that you do. You really don't know what's going to 
What yeah. what's gonna how's it gonna affect them till later on? And then you'll get to see That's actually that's actually a study in psychology that says as people we don't have the ability to know what's good or bad. Right. Because so many of the things we thought were bad end up good. Same right. and like right. that's not just that's not just the rodeo world. That's like in life. Right. We're so quick to call something good or bad and in reality until you see how it plays out in reverse, you can't right. know. Well and yeah, the only way to know is if it is truly what God wants, it's not gonna be bad. Yeah. I mean things can happen that are bad, but that's just my, that's how I feel about it. If it is truly what he wants me to do, it'll be okay. Now, is it? I don't know. I still don't know to this day, and I won't know. And I've lived my whole life that way. I really don't know. Right. But this is the way I feel like it's been led, and this is the way I'm going to go until something else changes. Well, and I think, but I think, Coulter, I think that's the trick. Not being determined on outcomes. It's being pliable in the process. Right. Think about a horse. Think about a horse. The worst horses are the horses that think they know what you want and then start ignoring right, it, right? Right, right. So if a horse says, do you want me to go right or you want to go left? That's the trick. Right. Whether you turn them right or turn them left, we don't do that because we need to turn right or left. We're asking them to be pliable. Right. So what you're saying is I'm pliable. Well, now, what? what I mean, we get so nervous. What's God going to be like? Oh, shoot. I wasn't paying attention. You took the wrong turn. No. Dang it. Like no, I He think, already knows. It's I, more think, I think we put so much weight on. Is it this or is it that? And I think there are times, my uncle one time told me this story. He's praying. He's like, God, do you want me to sell my house? Because I could sell my house, I could rebuild, or I could just keep here. What do you want me to do? And he said, and my, my uncle just loves Jesus, like like in ways that most people can't understand. He just loves Jesus. He said it was the first time ever the guy was like, Randy, I don't care. Right. I'll bless you this way. I'll bless you that way. I don't care. Do whatever you want. And, I, man, the peace that comes with knowing, like, well, I asked. Right. Like, if there was something important, I asked. But sometimes guys like, man, don't care. Let's right. go. I'll go with you. Right. So you right. go to Cave Creek. Queen Creek. Cave Creek. Cave Creek. We do good. How and good? I think we went third, second or third. But it was big. I, I, Cave Creek actually was a better rodeo than I thought. I didn't know that, but it paid a bunch. As far as as far as far circuit, like, so now all of a sudden I've got circuit points. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not thinking anything about it. So on the buckskin, the second rodeo too? Yeah. And if you watch the video, you'd be like, wow. <laughs> That's not. Anyway... Your kid's like, told you she was good. No, they, they, I mean, they don't know. As far as they know, a heel horse is a heel horse. Like, it's all yeah. good. Um, They're really doing you a favor letting you ride their horse. Right. Now. Well, and he is. He's like, but he's pumped about it. Like, yeah. riding my oh, yeah. horse, she's working good. It's all we got. It's perfect as far as decent. Um, And then Begay takes off, rodeo on with Petska, uh, which is great. And I don't think too much about it. And it's kind of the rebuild from the COVID years, so the rodeo deal's right. all messed up. Way no. more rodeo and le- way less rodeos. Right, right, and not nobody knows what this or that is. And I remember, I remember, I think maybe called him and said, "Hey, do you, like, I've been to two. Do you want me to try to get to enough rodeos to make the circuit finals, or do you want to rope with somebody else?" And it was honest, like me being honest, like, or do right. you want? Because I didn't know. Maybe he was like, right. I had just soon rope with so and so or whatever. Yeah, thanks anyway. Right, and that's fine. Like it was, right. that would have been a fine answer either way. And he just said, "No, I just soon you get to enough." So I go to a couple little ones with uh, what was this? Uh, Steve Sherwood, Cole Sherwood, uh, and then Begay. Begay comes. I go to like Santa Fe some decent bigger rodeos in the fall just to get my rodeo count all right. Because you're in. You yeah, I'm in. To- now I just got to get to my count. Yeah. And end up, like, we end up placing good at Santa Fe. Like, and now he's kind of on the bubble, too, this year. 
Like, so I'm roping with him at some of these end of the year rodeos, like right. with him having a chance. There's actually like a some pressure, to it. right? Yeah. There's some stuff behind what it. What are you healing on? Still the same. Okay. And it's not good. I mean, it's good. I'm catching it's on. It's good. Her, it's just not, yeah. Right. Anyway, so end up whatever. And then so I, so I qualified for the circuit finals and uh, go If there. it would have stopped, I'm going to tell you right now, if it would have stopped right there, that's already one of the coolest stories in team roping because you literally fall off the dark side of the earth and then you're back healing and not just healing, but catching. If that was it, I'm gonna tell you right now, if that was it, that'd be like, God, that's a, what a dude, what a guy, like what a cool story. He leaves, he comes back, he casually makes the circuit finals. If it would have ended there, it would have been a cool story, but it doesn't <laughs> at yeah, all. No, uh, I guess we can just go whatever, like, didn't do any good at the circuit finals. Like, I think we placed on the first one. I rope a leg on the second one. No good on the third one. Perfect, like, in my mind. Yeah. I'm actually relieved. I'm like, Whew. Back to Wilcox. Yeah, I don't have to worry about, because I'd already said, like, what happens if I make the circuit? What if I make Pueblo? Right. Or wherever it was. It's like, well, what am I going to do then? I'm like, where are you going to go? I said, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I still don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I'm messing around with it. It's fun, but I don't want to mess around and get us in a bind anyway the boys they're kind of pumped up about it like hey you need to you gonna go are you gonna go i was like dad it pains me to say this but you're right you heal really good <laughs> uh it's like i don't know what we're gonna i don't know what's going on and then i was trying to think of how how the next winter kind of the same deal maybe i just kind of filled in here and there with, uh, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he didn't have a partner. Like, didn't really did go. Did you guys he do went good to the, at San Angelo that year? Was that the year you did go to San Angelo? Yeah, we did. Yeah, which again, now you're healing in places that we've heard of. This is not circuit rodeo. Well, that one was funny though. That one was actually kind of funny because he says, "Hey, you want to enter the BFI?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Let me talk to my crew." Well, the boys wanted to enter the junior BFI, so I was like, "It's perfect." Yeah. Well, yeah, boys are want to go. They can enter that under the big one. Did you have a BFI heel horse? The buckskin. <laughs> okay, of course. Um, he's like, hey, we can enter San Angelo like during it. I was like, whatever you want. Like, that's fine. We can do that. We can come back on the way home from where well, we end up drawing up or getting popped over top of the BFI. It's where we're up, rope our first one over top of the feist and then the second one the next day. And I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't, I'm just, whatever. It's still, like, right? you're not rodeoing yet. You're no. just on a family trip. Right, right. And then San Angelo is just part of it. Well, he's like, hey, uh, I figure we're going to turn out. I'm not worried about it. He's like, hey, Jade and them have got a plane, charter plane. They want <clears> a bunch. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And he, you're right. That's too much. Then he, anyway, it gets down to where, hey, it's doable. Like, I can afford that. I was like, okay, I'll afford, I'll do that. And I was like, I told my wife, I said, what am I going to ride? She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you're on a charter plane. The only horse that we got is going to be at the BFI. And she's like, I don't know. So I was looking on the list and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do like old school. I'm just going to start at this top. Best horse that I think's there. Right, go down your and list. I'm going to go down. The only horse that I'd ever really seen go was Jade Sorrel. Or the gray. I didn't know which one he was going to ride. So I call him. Jade Coulter. He's like, I'm sorry. I thought you said Coulter Todd. Who is this? I said, uh, like, is there any way I can get a ride on your horse there? 
oh heck, you know, and good about it. Just yeah. shoot ya. So now I'm actually real excited. I even tell my boys like, hey, I get to ride. You're not gonna believe this. They don't know who I am, but they know who Jay Porkle is. <laughs> and they're like, you're like Jay's gonna ride by her. Why? Right. So, <laughs> so then it was like, then it was fun. Well, I didn't do any good at the BFI. I think I missed the third or fourth one. But then it was like Katie bar the door to get to our plane to get there. I am back rodeo. And it, it was adrenaline rush. Like it was photo finish. Come flying in there in a pickup, dust flying, horses are saddled there. And like I'd never been on Jade's horse or nothing. And he like we just kind of trot down the moat. What did Begay get on? Do you remember? He had his horse there, his old horse. Swagger. So, swagger. He yep, had him yep, there. Yep, that's right. He has ways, like he had his ways to get, but he had his there. So catch the first one, like whatever, four, six, but it was just fun. Like just right. the photo just finish. Just gotten there, yes, the experience steer, of it. Sure. Got him caught by two feet, four, six. There's no pressure because you're not rodeoing. Well, right. And then, I mean, well, there was pressure because I'm on Jade's horse. I do want to do good for no, my no, no, boys. I know, I know. But I'm saying it's not like your entire year is hinging oh, yeah, on having a good Oh, yeah, or anything. Like, there's right, no... Right, there's Other than nothing. just the pressure of wanting to do well. Right. And it's the excitement of doing something. And then, so we catch our first one. We're waiting there. My crew comes down from the BFI. So I got mine for the second one. So I ride the buckskin on the second one. And we catch him. So now we're making the short round. Go home. I'm like, making the show around over there. And it's tough. Like, it's a dirty, yeah. double tough sucker. Yeah. So we're at home messing around and just kind of laughing. Like, I got to drive all the way back. We hadn't won anything. Like, didn't win anything in the rounds, four, six, so four, three. So you're just all expenses right So now. far, yeah. Plane ride. <laughs> didn't win anything at the BFI. And now I got to go home. Already across the board. <laughs> exactly. Now we're going to drive back. But Carly and I drove back. Long story short, we ended up winning it. And it was just like, that was, that was exciting. Like, heck yeah. 14,000, something like that? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Because we didn't place any, anything in the rounds. All we did oh, was okay. win the short round, win the average. Gotcha. So maybe nine. I don't know. But anyway, you're, you're back to, we're back in black ink. Well, yeah, and we, we did some, go back home. And then nothing, like basically nothing. I will tell you just from an observer, I don't, I don't think any of us at that point thought, Oh my gosh, it's the return of Coulter Todd. I think we just thought, like, man, that's so cool. That's just so cool. Exactly like you're describing it. I think that's how it was for us watching it. It's like, how cool is that? He'll just right. go fill in for his buddy. And it, of course, he wins San Angelo, which is a prize, man. I mean, like, that's a real rodeo for any team roper. Right, right. And in our minds, it's kind of like we're just waving as you disappear again. Like, I don't remember anybody really thinking, like, is this going to be a thing? Right. Well, no, I mean, me neither. Obviously not. Um, and then. Then it starts. To, then stuff starts kind of happening, I guess. Uh, In what way? Well, he starts asking, like, "Do you want to go? Do you want to go?" And the boys are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, "No, like, you don't understand." Isn't so that funny? Is, the same the same group of people. I know you added added a kid in there, but like the same group of people that really pulled you off the road. Not pulled you off road right, like a, right. in like a shame sense, right. but like your reason for coming home is now the exact same group of people like trying to send you back out. Well, like they don't know. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, they yeah, have no, they're, they're they, signing you up for the right. slaughter. The on only accident. one that knows is my wife. Like she's the only one that knows like what could what entail. that would mean. Yeah. And uh, so he he kind of asked like, "Do you want to go? I need to run. That's what it was. I need a partner for that week of. I can go to the high. That's what it was. Go to the high school finals." 
hey, we can enter Cheyenne. And then really we can enter Casper, Sheridan, maybe one other right there. And it's during the high school finals. So. Meanwhile, Caesar's over here like, don't even bother. I tried this in a way. It doesn't work. There's no amount of convincing. It right. <laughs> well, like I'm intrigued by the thought. So I was like, talk to my crew. Like, hey, what do you guys think? Yeah, shoot, yeah. I says, okay. Well, then he like, course, you got to enter a lot more. So then he's like, well, what about Nampa, Spanish Fork, Ogden, all them? And I was like, so that's week. It's a pretty good part of the summer from Cheyenne to like, two weeks. Yeah, but I'm saying like that. That's a big two weeks. It's not right. like a two weeks on a calendar. Like right. there's a lot of rodeo in right. those two I weeks. Go quite a bit. So I was like, sure, we can. Sure, I guess. Talk to my guy. Everybody, yeah, like everybody's in agreement. Yeah, we'll just mess around with it. It'll be fun. He needs a. He needs a run. Sure. No big deal. Right. Not even nothing big. I mean, I didn't go anywhere. So we. So I do all that. Really don't win. Don't win anything. Don't rope any. Don't rope good at all. You didn't rope good. No. Okay. Get a lot spun for chances. Yes. And uh, found out real quick, like the buckskin is not good. <laughs> you know, not I suspected. Good. You know, I suspected this in the beginning, but right. now. Well, now he's like, "Hey, uh, I need. I want to like let's go through the fall, like the northwest. northwest." Yeah. And so, I talked to the boys. Everybody, they said, "Yeah." Was that a hard talk to tell your son, like, your horse sucks? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, they, I'm, we, I'm joking. Right. I'm kidding. No, I'm and kidding. They're, they're not, he know. He, they, we know. Like, kidding, that's the know. thing. She doesn't, but she does right. when you need her. She's really good at what she is. Right. Perfect. But when you really need her, she's going to, it's not going to be good. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to catch. There's times you need more. So then we started looking for, like, a new horse. Like, a, I need a better horse. And I'd seen a horse at Cheyenne that Nick Nichols was riding a little bay. And I was like, I'd watched him go. I was like, that horse looks good. And uh, kind of tight. The boys, so we left the high school finals with Derek to come home. And I was like, hey, we need to go by, I can't remember, it's north of, it's kind of just, it's in Wyoming, just below Jackson Hole somewhere. So it's not like really on the way home, <laughs> but it's closer than. On the way home, we need to go out of the way and go look right. at this horse. I was like, well, I need to go look at this horse. And he's like, all right, that's fine. So. Derek and my boys and I head that way, go up there. It was really cool because we got to see a lot of neat country, ranch country sure. off in the middle of nowhere and try this horse. My boys, of course, had never seen really anything like him. Like, right. He was pretty dang sure cool to watch. They're watching and we're like, Dad, we have an honest question. Why are we just now getting this horse? Well, well kind of. like, what, <laughs> And what, the one, one of them was like, whatever you do, don't let him get away. And I was like, yeah, but. This is a, yeah, you know he's not giving him to me, right? Right, we need a lot. And he's like, I think it's worth it. Anyway, they were convinced. He's, he's, they, they writing, he's writing your checks. Yeah, like, he doesn't yeah, care. Dad. He's just pumped about it. So we, so I get him. So now I got a pretty good one to go to the Northwest. But we go home first. I get some stuff done. And then actually go like Dodge City, Lovington, whatever else is over that way. Dalhart. A couple of those before that way. Right. And did okay, placed a little bit. Still not roping real good, but decent enough. Because he's still, because he's got a chance. He's kind of got different runs everywhere. Sure. You know, right. all year, and he's, he's got, got some money. Regional won. partners. Right. And, well, and he's got, he's got, he's won. He's won enough. Like, he's really out there right. to make the finals. And uh, I really don't know what I'm doing still. Was he, was he riding the Sorrel that year that he rode this year? Same horse? Yeah, he just got him. So I'll tell you this, watching that horse. That is not the same horse this year 
that he was like that was a good horse last year but right. like that horse has gotten so much flatter and he's running so much harder and he looks so much easier to win on this year right that was a good horse right but man that horse to me i don't know how you don't consider that horse for horse of the year this year right. unless you didn't nominate him which i don't know if he did or not but like there's no telling i would argue that that is one of the best head horses in pro rodeo right now he definitely was good so he had a chance to get in you're now it's kind of on your shoulders try to help get him in yep and end up like whatever got and it was kind of fun got to go back to the northwest see what that was all about uh the boys like we'd already had the the talk like hey kid this is how this works like i'm i can't come home you're gonna have at least a month maybe a month and a half it's on you unless it's just big time emergency yeah this ranch is in your hands yeah they're like oh no we got it which it was it ended up being one of them perfect years for us down there as far as ranching because it rained all summer long so it was easy yeah, really there it you is know. a god thing again right it was nothing there was nothing yeah uh really that could happen there sure. was water feed i mean no right. matter what happened stuff was Ranch in good is shape running itself right and the, but the boy i mean the boys got to do yep. stuff but yep. it wasn't yep. critical yep. at all no yep. major yep. decisions yep. had to be made so it was perfect so we go through the northwest whatever end up how that all ended up, you know, Begay doesn't quite make it, but dang near got to rope all the way to the end for him yeah. and have a chance, and that was fun. Um, okay, so let me ask you a question. You, There's no way you bought a heel horse to help Derek finish the end of one year. So at this point, even if you're not talking to yourself this way, it it seems to me, watching, in your mind, you had this thought that, hey, I'm buying a horse to give myself – the advantage that I need to see what happens. Am I is I am I am I thinking right on that? Kinda. So I have a friend at home. Like we were talking, he's. I have a lot of friends at home. There's about three that are in a or in a. All our families are in a. We'll call it church, but it's a Bible study group. Sure. And that I mean we're it's it's a legit deal. Like everybody's honest. Like if they need to call you out, they'll call you out. Right. If you got something hard, like you can talk to them. Right. It ain't going nowhere but them. Like good. Why would that not be church? To me, that feels... Well, right, no. Yeah. But there's just no building. It's just in our houses or whatever. And uh, he said, uh, don't you want to feel like you give give him everything you got? Because I'd talk to him, like, at the high school finals is where I was visiting with him about it. Like, I need to find a new horse. And he's like, yeah, heck yeah. I was like, yeah, but I can't afford... He says, oh, yeah, you can. Like... Can't afford not to. He's like buying well, your head horse that year. Well, yeah, and, and it was more like you don't want to look back on this and say, man, I wish I'd have, for, for for Derek's sake, like for yeah. Derek, like don't you want to do the best for your friend? Right. Like is your friend not worth you doing your best? And then he said kind of what my grandpa said, like do as if you're doing it for God. If you was going to heal for God, are you not going to go try to find a better horse? Right. Uh, I mean, just the way he said it. You're just sitting there with your arms crossed like, yes. Well, right, kind of. I mean, I was kind of like, well, you put it that way. All right. And then, of course, then my boys are like, you know what? Like, we could use a new one. Like, if you don't work out for you. You can quit anytime you want, but we need to buy that one. Right. And you can quit. Exactly. Well, that's what I said. Like, he'll work for us. And he was young. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, like, totally about me. There was other stuff involved. Um, And I still had no, like, obviously, I didn't heal that good. Because Begay actually headed good enough to make it, and I missed a lot of cattle for him to make it last year. And it, it's one of them that kind of, it bothered me yeah. pretty bad. So now you feel like you owe him a full year of rodeo. No, I didn't. I mean, only if he wanted it, right? Like, right. I'm not, I didn't too much. I mean, he, I didn't get into any of the winter rodeos. Like, just was just short of all them. 
So in 2023, you did not get into the buildings. Mm-mm. As it stands today, right now on this date, you are what in the standings? I think third or fourth. I don't know. Fifth. Just for the record, that's not how anybody's year is supposed to go. Like if you don't get into the buildings, that is a hard thing to overcome. No, oh, I mean, that's just. By I'll say it. You don't okay. have to say it. I'll say it. So anyway, you don't get into the buildings. So during the winter, you do what? Just what I. I mean, just, back to ranch and yeah, doing your deal. Just the same old deal. I mean, we there is like what Tucson. Yeah. There's some, yeah, some, some, some of our those. circuit rodeos around. So we went to them. Like, I actually roped a leg to win Tucson. Like, now I'm bummed because, like, he did a good job. Should have won Tucson. I roped a leg. Uh, and then he then kind of farting around or however you want to this going to some small stuff. And he's like, uh, what about California? You want to go to California? So then I talked to my crew. I was like, hey, what do you guys think? Like, I says, I see where this could go potentially. He the said bo- this. No, you said me. This. I'm talking yeah, to my crew. I like you. all yeah, he yeah. asked is like, do you want to go? So you're you're in your mind. You're thinking like, you need to explain to them what they're saying yes to, so they're not accidentally signing up for more than they want. Right. Yeah. Well, and then in my mind, that's almost like me throwing my fleece out before God too. Like, yeah. Okay. If I get negative. Yeah. Right. I'm looking. I'm actually wanting away. naked. I'm actually wanting that. <laughs> I mean, deep down, that's what I'm wanting. I'm really wanting somebody to tell me no. Okay. That's what I'm really looking for. Okay. And I'm just not getting it. And the boys are like, well, you need to make the finals. I'm like, yeah, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, that sounds great. Yeah, it is. I was like, no. Like, you guys are so adorable, but right. that's not what's, yeah. yeah. That's not a reality. Right. But I said, but anyway, we're able, so I entered and kind of, you see, I mean, I don't know how you want to, it just. What rodeo, what rodeo was it that put you in? beyond a shadow of a doubt. Do you remember? Cause I remember Calgary Smith sent me an Instagram message and it was like the post somebody posted and it was just I with like seven ends, like you're in. Do you remember what rodeo it was where you're like, I just made the NFR healing? No, because all the way up until later, Begay wasn't. So, so it didn't matter. Like none of that mattered unless Begay was in. No, because the whole point was, is I wanted to rope good enough to get him in. Because I'd let him down the year before. So you're telling me, and I believe you. I believe you when you say it. I just want to make sure people don't miss it. You making the NFR was not the date that mattered. It was the day you knew he was in. Yes. Absolutely. I freaking love that. I well, love that. Do you remember the day he got in? No. Well. Well, you guess. Like yeah, you guess at a say number, but like we kind of had a hundred, and I'm going to say it was somewhere around that Pueblo. We win Pueblo, and I think we were just short. He was just short of 100. But then then we started turning out of some rodeos, and that's when I that's when I knew he felt comfortable. Like, yeah. that's all I'll say. Like, I, I wasn't going to put a number it. on it, and right. he wasn't going to put a number on it. We never talk about anything as far as rodeo-wise. But when he finally was like, hey, I turned us out over there. We're in. Yeah. I started being like, man, because it was feeling – it was I, there for a little bit. I was getting – kind of getting the same feeling that I had way back. I was like, I'm not roping good enough to get him in. And if he needs, he needs a new partner. And I was like, started to talk to my wife about it and she got nervous and was like, I'm coming. What time of year? <laughs> kind of the same. Uh, she met me at Caldwell. So Carly, if you're listening, we got two years on record now where she flew out, saved the year. So she maybe- drove. She didn't fly nowhere. She drove <laughs> okay, so both times, drove point, a rig. My, of course. <laughs> my point being, 
if you're ever open with Coulter and you want to turn your year around, pay for all the expenses for Carly <laughs> to come out on the road. <laughs> no, it just shows that she knows me, knows me pretty well. You got your what? What did you ride in the fall? You rode Paul's horse a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so mine. I felt like mine started to feel like he was hurting a little bit around Deadwood. Okay. Like not working the same, doing some stuff, but I didn't worry. I mean, it's all I had, so it's a little more butte, banamine. Right. Like he's going to be okay. Paul had offered, I was buddy with, we were buddy with Eric and Paul most of the summer, and it was a lot of fun. And Paul had been offering me, like, hey, if you just give him a break, I got this roan. Ride him, and but he wouldn't ride him, and I really hadn't seen him much. I seen right. him at the winter jackpots last sure. year, and I just it was more of a pride. Honest, honest, it was more of a pride. Well, it was kind pride of on my the year part. With this horse, and it's your horse, and it's part of the story. And well, and it was pride. Like I don't want to use any. Like I don't want to use anybody. If right, there's a lot of stuff about. A lot of my decisions are bad decisions because I don't want to. I read into stuff too much. Yeah. Right. I don't want to be looked at as like I used anybody. Yeah. No. Right. And I know Paul 100% never felt that way. Was 100% like if you need him, and I was 100% like I'm going to use what I got because this is what I got. Plus, I was also thinking in my mind like if I try to get on something else and I don't do good, then it's on me again. And then if Begay don't make it because I did this, <laughs> made this decision, like that's gonna bother the heck well, out of me i can tell you for all your years in hiding and now coming back healing you still think like a header <laughs> that part that part's still right. true you're still thinking things too much maybe but uh it, it goes a lot of it too though it goes god god's always done crazy things like for me like sometimes it's like a fleece like i feel like i am like uh gideon like okay i need it i need it wet okay yeah. it's wet nope yeah. okay i need it dry Okay, it's dry. Okay, wait, one more. Right, right. I just got to be sure. Just here. to be sure. <laughs> and yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm big. I'm actually big on that. Like right. because I don't want to make. Yeah. And that's where you're saying there's sometimes there's no wrong. Well, even if there's not, I want to know I'm making the best right decision yeah. and not the best wrong decision. Right. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. I can tell you this with absolute conf absolute confidence. When God won't answer right or left questions, it's because it's the wrong premise. Let me give you an example. I was driving to a friend's house. She said, turn at a house with the green roof. I'm like, okay, got it. So I get to the house, the green roof, I turn and all of her, all of the directions stop making sense. She said, I'm going to see this. I didn't see it. Said, I see this. We didn't see it. My wife and I are driving over there and I'm like, all the directions made sense. And I'm like, is it left or is it right? Is it left or is it right? So I call her. What had happened was she forgot there was another house, with the green roof. Right. So sometimes if God's not answering the left or right questions, it's because we're at the wrong intersection. Right. He's like, no, come back. Let's Start go back over. to your last place of clarity. Right. Once I went to the correct, you know, white house, green roof, all the left, right decisions. And I think sometimes we are giving God a false premise that says, okay, God, do you want me to rodeo with this guy or rodeo with this guy? Right. Meanwhile, right. God's like, I don't want you to rodeo. rodeo. Like, come back. Right. And so anytime there's confusion, God's not into that. Right. So go back to the plot. Here I am being... Pastor Jordan here for a second, but like you got to go back to the place you right. knew you were good and start over. Yep. And so if you're where you're supposed to be, what you're saying tracks. He'll right. he'll let you know. Right. No, I and I agree, and I and that's kind of how this deal, the horse deal, ended up working out. Because then, like I knew, I knew deep down that my horse was hurt. Like I could tell, but I just was like I. It's like know what else it's like check I, engine light. You're like just keep driving. It's fine. Well, and I just I didn't know. I mean, I didn't have anything else. I don't have anything. I had been still catching, like we'd still been winning, just not big. And so I'm like, it's not like I'm just not winning, but it's not good Where enough. Where in the run did you notice it? A lot of it was going like down the arena. Like I wasn't getting there. And then like when he would turn in, like we were 
just mm-hmm. crashing in there. And then he wasn't stopping. He wasn't sliding. Like a lot yeah. of times his front end was hitting harder. Little things that I was like, this is just He's not. just protecting himself yep. in ways that were. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, I don't know. But that's what it felt like. Well, then at Caldwell, now my wife's out there. And I'd kind of been telling her, like I said, there's something wrong with him, I think. So she gets out there and he had some puffiness and whatnot. And so she starts doing her. She's a borderline vet in my mind from to me. And she starts doing her barrel racing stuff. And I got him to like look good, and he felt pretty good. And uh, run our first one at Caldwell and do good. And then the next day, I, he's a little off again. And I still I noticed he's not. He's still not feeling right. The second one, like I lose, I heal him and lose my rope. And like I was pretty upset at my horse for really not much of a reason other than I lost my rope. And the next morning, he was like his leg was blowed up, and he was three legged, crippled. Jeez. <laughs> and. Uh, so then, like, okay, and now we got... Paul? What's well, up? <laughs> I got Burley that night, Gooding the next... Like, we're... I mean, I'm entered now. You're still I, in And it. I was like, I can't... Well, I mean, we're entered, like, right yeah, now, like, right, to tomorrow, right, right. and I don't have anything. And I was just like, okay, he needs to... I mean, we got to do something different with him. My wife's there now to tell you, me, like, you're the, not going to ride him. What was the diagnosis? Do you talk about it or don't talk about it? I don't know. It was uh, something to do with stuff down there. The first one, <laughs> we took him to. My wife took him to Nampa. Okay. And I, I called Paul and says, "Is that okay. Jerry Sharp up there in Nampa?" Yeah. Anyway, yeah, maybe she not. She took him. I okay. Fair. All right. Keep telling. I, uh, I called Paul. It's like, all right, I, my horse three legged. Like, can I? You still got the. Well, run, see, but like, now you're not using Paul. The dynamic is different when you are literally broke down on the side of the road. Right. Like, if you're just casually borrowing things, that's where you feel like a user. When you're like, I. I'm dependent on someone because I Derek's dependent on me. Right. The dynamic is different getting on somebody else's horse. Right. Well, right. And like and now it's legit. Like yeah. I'm not right. my wife's there to tell me, like, right. you're not. Like I was still thinking, like, well, maybe he's okay. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe you know some benamine, some butte. Well, which, people who haven't ranched in Arizona don't understand some of the things horses go through in this part of the world <laughs> is different. So when somebody from Arizona goes, I think he's okay, that's just how people grow up here a right. lot. Right. So it's not cold hearted. Like this right. is just yeah, they kind of get over things. Right. Right. Right, so or they, can, they here, can actually go through, like, not be as bad as it looks or whatever. Right, right. So call Paul. Call Paul and tell him, hey, like, Carly's going to take my horse to the vet tomorrow. Well, I had another guy look at him. I had uh, Dorn Camp. Yep. Had him come out, and he, because I was hoping it was nothing. Scratches. A boo-boo. I was hoping it was scratches. Yeah, an owie. And he's like, uh, he kind of did some ultrasound stuff. He says, I can't see good enough. He needs to go to the vet. I would not ride him. Okay. So I, my wife says, okay, he said, like, that means yeah. you're not yeah, right. she's giving you, like, so the I call, eye So I call Paul and say, like, my, hey, my wife's going to take my horse to the vet. Is there any way I can ride your own or whatever at Gooding and Burley? Oh, heck, yeah, shoot, yeah, perfect. At Roan, he ain't been doing nothing. Like, he needs a job. So we go over there, and Begay doesn't turn either one. He actually turns the one at, at uh, I think it was maybe Burley, like, but one horn. But, like, it was actually perfect. Enough that you could turn in and Oh, I did, I did turn in. Like, I thought I wasn't going to turn in, I turned in. And that just was one of those. I was like, he's going to make the turn. This like, I don't work. have to worry about it. He's going to make the turn. So then uh, my wife tells me, or we're Moses the next morning. So that's the morning that she got the appointment. So we go to drive all night to Moses. And we end up winning Moses Lake. Like, this sucker felt great. And then my wife calls and says, hey, the vet said two weeks of nothing, and then he should be okay, blah, blah. So I tell Paul, like, all right, here's what is going on. 
two weeks. Is that okay? Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. The vest says two weeks. You call Paul. You're like, I, I, I'm well, sorry. Well, he's actually in the, the rig. I mean, we're months. in the same rig, right? We're in the <laughs> yeah. same rig, right? And uh, so I was like, here's. He's oh no, that's. I mean. That's perfect. Whatever you need to do. Perfect. Yeah, Paul, I hate to do this, but Vet said nothing else this year. Sorry, man. I'm well, just going to be on this Well, but I mean, that's just one now. steer. I right. mean, I've only right. roped one. It's not like I'm just sold on anything, but right. I'm like, okay, at nice least that I'm, there's an option. Yeah, and I'm, I'm confident. Like, I caught one. Like, we did good. <laughs> so then, I mean, it really, then the horse, he fit me everywhere. Like, we caught everything everywhere up until the two weeks was up, which was right after Ellensburg. So... I rode him all the way through Ellensburg, and, like, he fit me good. Fit the whole situation really good. And that's a Tone River Ranch horse. It's got yeah. the T on his hip. Yep, got the big firebrand so cool. Such cool horses. And he, uh, so then I start, like, trying to figure out what I'm going to do now. Like, I mean, I'm I'm liking him. And Begay, like, I've, we pretty much feel like we've got a chance, like, he's in. Uh, but I'm not wanting to overuse Paul's deal. Well, I mean, you know you what I mean? Like it's back like, either. I mean, there, it's hard to know, like that said two weeks, but it's just not like you want to be sitting there at the two week date, just right back to full, which I was though. I mean, I was thinking about it because I really had Pendleton, but I already knew I was riding the buckskin at Pendleton. Cause for all her, like she's not going to fall down on the grass. Like <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world. Yeah. I can cut her wide open, do whatever the heck Will I want to. Might not work the greatest, but she ain't going to fall down. Right. She might hit on her front end and dashboard. Which is a very, very, very good quality to have at a rodeo like that. But she I won't think, fall down. I think healing is one of the most dangerous events at Pendleton. I don't know no, what it I is. Don't, I, don't, I think it's just your reactions. It depends on how you react to the situation. Like it just seems you like you see it. more heel horses well, fall. Yeah. No, you know what? Since they had a breakaway and those girls just reef on their right. horses. That's what I mean. So that's kind of how the healing is, too. Like if you can read it and like no. Keep them on their feet. But, but I'm not going to ride one. Because I'm not going to. Like, I'll fall down. If I'm riding a butt-dragging sucker, I'm going to pull that sucker right. Right. I can promise you. Right. Gates right. bang, it's game on. So I want to have one that I'm confident. It's just like working outside. Like, I like to have a horse when I head off down through some country. Like, I can just go. Yeah. You don't not think be like, you be son of a buck, fall down. So, so you knew uh, you were riding that one at Pendleton. Yep. But the but rest then of got, Then we got, like, Albuquerque, whatever else the heck, all of California, and then... Now Sioux Falls, like I'm thinking about that. And uh, so I started kind of rehabbing the bay a little bit, and then it just didn't just didn't feel right at all. And then right before, like, getting ready to go to Albuquerque, like, same deal, leg blows up, three-legged, pretty good. So then she, my wife, after Pendleton, she takes him to the vet in, uh, to Justin McCormick in Cave Creek. And uh, sure enough, Justin like Justin McCormick. You know he was a camel vet did you know this huh justin mccormick do you know he was a camel vet in saudi arabia no i didn't know that i mean, should have probably i probably do but no he worked on multi-million dollar camels camel. he actually justin actually came up with a surgery that would allow camels to live through surgery because a lot of them would die, die. so well, probably, well, just it, a fun he's fact. in the right hands then right <laughs> no that's good and it, i'm not a i'm not a vet guy carly's knows more about everybody and i just allow i've always allowed like you you do you right i'll work I kind of just like to work and run the ranch. But anyway, so he's uh, he's there with a maybe, maybe back by sometime in November, hopefully the 1st of November, but not sure. But Paul had let me ride the roan at Sioux Falls, sent him up there with Driggers and them. So he's just dang sure a good fit. So 
I guess I've kept you all day. I, I, I mean, I, I apologize. At the same time, there really wasn't a good offer. I, everything, this is everything I'd hoped it would be with you coming in because now we're ending it, the podcast, and people are going to get to go see the, like, play out in the next, you know, 10 days in Vegas. Right. Is this, is this like the official farewell again, going back to Wilcox, or do you think this is something you want to stick with for a while, or where, where do you see it going from here? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Begay and I haven't talked about it. I, I, who knows? It, it could be it. I don't, I don't, I don't have a clear, I don't have any kind of an answer for that just yet. So if we think of this as far as an hourglass with the sand on top and sand on bottom, what you're saying is you're equal. If you go rodeo, if you don't go rodeo, it doesn't matter. Right now you're getting through the finals, whatever God wants. That's just. That's it. Yep. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I want to, I don't know yet. Because I mean, in my mind, if you're thinking it's going to happen again, it might be a good time to call Paul and be like, uh, see, but here's the problem. You probably should have bought that horse before you went to rodeo on him because now you had such a good run and like that horse has been good. Right. Horse has been really good. So dang it. Might should have, might should have locked that one up earlier. I think I was just happy for the ride. Like if nothing else, like a sucker fit me good when it needed to. And it, I didn't let my partner down. Have you, thanked your, have you thanked your kids for pushing you to go now, knowing you're going back to the finals and that they were so supportive? Have you had that moment where you're like, hey, thank you guys? Because you told you told me they could have talked you out of it. Yeah. But Instead, I, they talked you into it. Yeah. Do you, do you think they feel the responsibility of like, man, like dad's about to go rope at the NFR and we kind of had a hand in that? I don't know the answer to the guy. I don't know how they feel. I've learned that with my boys. Like, I don't know. I don't know how they feel. They're not... They're just, they're different boys than you're, than they're not totally ignorant. They're not totally involved. You know, like you got ranch kids that have no idea about anything. And then you got rodeo kids who know everything. You know what I mean? As far yeah, as ro- like right. rodeo knowledge, you got but, rodeo but kids that know everything. Right. And then these, like, they're just kind of right there in the middle where yeah. they're not just like, they still don't understand everything about it. Uh, so they don't, I don't know that they know. I would, I would say whether they know it or not it's cool that the kids you came home to raise have like a significant role in you being back like to me that's a that's a story man like because you said if they said no i wasn't going to go and they said no absolutely yes you know like it's a it's a poetic thing probably even beyond what i even realized but that's just such a to me that's just such a jesus thing like right it's there's a poetic element i mean that's art that you come home to raise your kids and then at the end of the day they're the ones that are like Let's go. Right. No, that's right. And the re- the nice thing about it is, like, it just said the Bible just says to train them up in the way they should go. And the, like I always said, I've never, I never, my wife and I'd always talked about as far as our boy. We never tried to raise boys, like from early on. I was trying to, we were trying to raise men. Right? I, tell, I, I, I told, I told my son that from as long early as he could talk. He's like, I'm not, I'm, you're not staying in this phase. Right. So why'd I raise you for? I'll love you in this right. phase, but I'm not raising you to end right here. Right. I'm not raising a boy. I'm raising a man. You're right. just a boy so far. Right. So that so that worked out like this year was a really tough year ranching, really dry. They had to do a lot more work. Like Dang sure was happy. At least from what I heard, they were happy for me to get home. Like they were tired of pumping water, <laughs> tired of hauling fuel, tired of checking water, tired of doing the the grind. Isn't that though? Isn't that the relationship most time that dads have with their kids? Not that the kids have right. with their dad. Right. Usually the dad's been home working, kids off road, right. like nice right. to come back. Right. And it's the opposite. It's it's, it's, it's reversed. Right. And that's pretty special. And yeah. I mean, it's just nice. And then they did a good job. Like yeah. 
They did a good job. I got a kick out of Tulsa Mac. The guys down there posted something. Your son interviewed your son, and like he just he's funny to watch. It was a funny interview. He's talking about you know what is one thing your dad tells you to practice pants like you missed. Like he just you can tell he's just got like yeah, a big he, personality. That one, that one there scares me. <laughs> Coulter, I cannot tell you thank you enough. Um, uh, I for two reasons. First of all, thank you for coming in, and thank you for getting everybody off my back that's been asking for this. I know I know it's been a to me to me. It's the best story in the history of Team Roping. Uh, getting to watch it, just the unlikely, disappears for five years, goes out on top, comes back, and it seems to the casual observer, like just casually makes the NFR healing. I know it didn't feel that way this year for you because you're putting it all in, but um, I mean, I don't know how this isn't story of the year. So appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Look forward to seeing how it goes. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it.